1: you can drink a beer with start your engine! it's the nick d podcast all right all right all right it is the nick d podcast how are you my name is nick digilio i am your host this is the radio misfits podcast network the best podcast network in the world RadioMisfits.com. Check out this podcast and so many more. There are a ton of informative and entertaining and funny and compelling podcasts here at Radio Misfits. You should check them all out. You should check out my podcast, my second podcast, which I have here at Radio Misfits. It's all about Saturday Night Live, and it's called That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. The latest episode... Uh, my guest is Mike Thomas, the author of a fantastic book on the life and times of the great Phil Hartman. Uh, every episode of That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years is dedicated entirely to SNL, and you should check it out. Every Wednesday, a brand new episode drops weekly. And this episode, this podcast right here is the Nick D podcast twice a week. It's a Friday, uh, and it's our latest uh, episode. It's episode 134. Esmeralda Leon, who is with me on every episode, is going to join me. We're going to chat more about Good solutions to problems that turn out to be bad solutions to bad problems and so on and so forth. Got a Magic Megaphone request. Again, if you have something that you want me to say into the Magic Megaphone, play into the Magic Megaphone exclusively for you that you want to hear a message to someone, a line from a movie, a joke, whatever. It'll be exclusively for you. You will be mentioned on the podcast. Your message will be heard, sent through the ether of the Magic Megaphone. If you want to request a Magic Megaphone message for me to say or do, You can do that via email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And again, you can write an email about anything, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. We take them, we read them all, and we read many of them on the uh, podcast as well. Or you can leave a voicemail message, and again, 24-7, any time of day or night or week or year or whatever, whenever you feel the need to voicemail us, do it. Leave us a voicemail message at 773-417-6948. Hey, if you want to be a sponsor, lots of people listen to this podcast. You will reach a lot of people. And you want to be a sponsor or you want to advertise with us, just talk to the salespeople at Radio Misfits. Send an email saying, I want to sponsor the Nick D podcast. Sales at radio Misfits.com. In addition to Esmeralda Leon joining me a little bit later on, my guest uh, for this episode is the wonderful, the lovely Amy Guth, who I used to work with at uh, the Car Wash radio station. She worked for the Tribune. She is the host of the Daily Gist podcast at Cranes. Uh, And she is currently in the middle of making a movie. She is about to leave to shoot the movie. And she's uh, been doing a lot of stuff, getting it ready, uh, doing auditions, doing the rewrites, getting the production ready. She is the producer as well as one of the writers on the movie. And uh, man, all of the stuff that she's been doing to put this movie together, we're going to hear all about it. She's also an incredibly funny and informative and lovely woman who will be my co-host at our next live Zany's event. Esmeralda uh, will be in, uh, in in Las Vegas. So Amy Guth is going to sit in with me. And the last time she sat in with me at Zany's, it was spectacular and fun. And she's awesome and so great. And you can see her live with me on stage at Zany's in Rosemont on Tuesday, May 16th where we will be doing the Nick D podcast live. It'll be a live podcast recording with you there. We'll have prizes to give away and trivia questions and all kinds of cool stuff. My dad, my 81-year-old dad, is going to get up on stage and close the show by telling jokes live on stage. You'll be in a legendary comedy club having a great time. You'll be a part of the recording. It's interactive. You'll be able to laugh and share stories and have a good time. And our special guest that night is going to be comedian Jim Flanagan, who is one of the funniest people on the planet. And he said, yeah, man, I'd love to be on your podcast show and live at Zany's. He's going to be there. We'll interview him. We'll have huge laughs. It's going to be a lot of fun. You'll be a part of it. So get your tickets now to see me on stage with the lovely, the beautiful, the talented, and hilarious Amy Guth with our special guest Jim Flanagan and all the other really cool giveaway stuffs and interactive stories and big, huge laughs at the wonderful Zany's Comedy Club in Rosemont. So... It's Tuesday, May 16th. Go to rosemont.zanies.com, the Nick D Podcast Live. Get those tickets now. Order them now. Bring your friends, bring your family, bring your neighbors, bring anybody that you want. You can call the box office, too, to get tickets as well as 847-813-0484. Tuesday night. May 16th at Zanies and Rosemont, me, Amy Guth, my co-host, Jim Flanagan, our special guest, my dad telling jokes and all kinds of other amazing stuff as part of a live podcast recording. Be there or be square. Let's pack the place. It's going to be awesome. These shows that we've been doing at Zanies and Rosemont have been spectacularly entertaining and so much fun, and everybody who goes has had a great time, and they keep coming back, and we want more people to come. Let's jam-pack that place for a big comedy night uh, on uh, Tuesday, May 16th. Again, Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get those tickets. Me, Amy Guth, Jim Flanagan, my dad, all on stage, having a great time. You there, too. It's going to be great. So anyway, uh, so that's what's uh, what's happening on the uh, episode here today. And, uh, and yeah, uh, that's how you can participate. And, uh, and by the time, uh, by, by, by the way, uh, please take the time to rate and review every podcast here. We're available on every single platform, and we want to hear that conversation. So rate and review us. Take the time for your feedback and all that cool stuff. All right. Uh, And you know, uh, you got to love this. Hi, I'm
2: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: By the way, Carrie uh, has taken some time away from spending time on my porch. Hi, I'm
2: Carrie Russell. Hi, Carrie. I love Nick's show.
1: She is currently in a fucking fantastic show on Netflix called The Diplomat. It is available on Netflix now, it's streaming on Netflix now. Eight episodes. It is great. She's great on it. It's some of the best work that Carrie has ever done. And uh, seriously, as a Carrie Russell fan and as a fan of really, really great TV, this is a great show where she is a diplomat and ambassador who they are grooming to be the next VP of the United States. Uh, and uh, Kerry Russell is great. You're great in it, Carrie. I Russell. Yes.
2: And I love Nick's show.
1: Watch The Diplomat on Netflix. It's streaming now. It's great. And by the way, uh, on uh, the episode after this, our next episode on Tuesday, Dan Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter, our TV guy, will talk about that and much more. But we will definitely give you a full review and his thoughts on The Diplomat with Kerry Russell. But I'm four episodes in, so I'm halfway through the run. Um, and it's it's spectacular. So congratulations, Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm
2: Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: Not only congratulations to Carrie Russell, but congratulations to you. And I wish you congratulations right before we say hello to the lovely Amy Guth.
2: Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap.
3: Oh, yeah, don't be a jaggle.
1: I always feel like uh, I should be having glow sticks uh, and <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and jumping around like a maniac at Coachella. That's how it. Uh, that's how it uh, kind of feels when I hear that. That's the theme song for Amy Guth, who is a regular guest on my show on the podcast. You can hear her, uh, Crane's Business Daily Gist podcast, and you can read her and see her and all kinds of great stuff. And she is Amy. Hi, Amy.
0: Hello, How are I you? love that song. I I can't not dance along with it.
1: Yeah, I feel the same way. I uh, uh, I really do. So uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, you know, um, the the whole like rave thing. That's not my. That's never really been. Have had you, Did you ever do the rave thing? Was that a thing ever
0: no, for you? No, I mean, in the late nineties, I maybe went to one and was like, wow, this is pretty terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to do this again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I kind of felt the same way. It's weird. Um, I, it's, uh, oh, by the way, by by way of introduction, uh, Amy, uh, Amy and I go way back. Uh, I always refer to her as the lovely Amy Guth because I would uh, get to do crosstalk with her. Her show preceded mine on uh, the, the Car Wash radio station there, WGN. Wrote for the Tribune, worked in the building. We all knew each other, and we've been friends since. Yeah, um, and tell tell everybody about uh, what you've been doing, uh, G- Daily Gist uh, podcast, all the other stuff that you've been doing. We'll get to the movie stuff too uh, in a yeah. little bit.
0: Well, it's been a really interesting time to be, uh, you know, covering Chicago business because the mayoral election just happened and that was, you know, that runoff race was pretty contentious. And it was like, it's either going this way or this way. There's no like middle ground person. They were like two very, uh, very different candidates. And so it it shook out the way it did. And so there's a lot of eyes on Mayor-elect Brandon Johnson and how, how his administration is going to operate and who's going to be part of it and all that. So it's been a really interesting time to be covering business locally.
1: Yeah. Now, were you, um, you know, while you've been covering that, you know, uh, and and just keep an eye on it, as someone who is, you know, who lives in the city as well, um, how did you feel about this this mayoral election? It must have been kind of interesting to cover. And also just as a Chicagoan, what were your thoughts on how, you know, behind the scenes stuff that you got to see?
0: Yeah, I mean... it was interesting from start to finish right even even early um the, the first round of of races there were just so many candidates it was it was so interesting to see how it was going to shake out and then the big question i think a lot of people were looking at mayor lightfoot like who are you gonna back here who yeah. who is back of you got? and who who you know who are you looking at and then a lot of eyes on pritzker and of course it really didn't make strategic sense for pritz for governor pritzker to back either one because whoever won he was he's gonna have to work with them yeah And they're gonna have to wear you know so if he he would have endorsed the other guy and then you know then it's kind of this bad feeling going in there um you know I, i mean i think it was interesting like brandon johnson had a lot to say uh a lot of critical remarks about the business community and then you know kind of did what he was supposed to right i was talking with with uh, crane's political columnist greg hines about this of you know um, uh, immediately like within 36 hours of winning that election he was on the phone he was talking with folks kind of going hey what do you need what do you need to do what what's going to help you win um you know so i think there's it, look you couldn't pay me enough to do that job yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Y- the idea of of um being the, the lead, you know, in this leadership position for for this whole city, you're not going to please everybody. People are going to be bitching at you constantly, no matter what you do. It's a huge job. And it's, I think, a very stressful one. So I, I don't envy his position, but I think it'll be really interesting. It seems like it's going to be, you know, a big a big turn, a big change for Chicago. Mm-hmm.
1: Was there a difference in, you know, keeping an eye on this and covering this election Um, I mean, or, you know, obviously there was a difference because every election and every, you know, every cycle is different, but what was it for you that felt different about this election as opposed to stuff that you've been covering, you know, as a journalist for so many years in this city?
0: You know, this particular election felt so polarizing. It was so contentious and there was the big question of who is going to pick up the votes, Uh, Um, in wards that went all for, for Lightfoot's reelection. Like, okay, if she's no longer a viable candidate, who is going to pick up those, you know, those, um, those votes. And there was, so there was a lot of, there was a lot of campaigning in the days leading up to, I mean, they both had really packed schedules, trying to pick up those votes, trying to. Um, Really kind of focus on those districts that had gone very deeply in support of Lightfoot. I think that was interesting to watch. Um, I think there was kind of interesting um, uh, like boots on the ground uh, activism going on, you know, for both candidates. They both had a lot of people for the most part. Paul Vallis had the support of business leaders for the most part, you had a lot of union leadership and and um, community organizer support around Johnson. So you have kind of two totally different like apples and oranges kind of bases there. Um, there was some there was a lot of uh, I thought it was very funny. There, There was a lot of like funny stickers that were going around at the time. There's one on a shop really close to my house. And these are all over the city right now. But it's the Chicago flag, and it's like the most Chicago-y thing you could say, right, is to call someone a jagoff, right. But it just says, Paul Vallis is a jagoff, off And yeah. <laughs> just like someone stuck it on this
2: shop yeah.
1: window. Yeah, it's funny because that's my favorite word of all time. I think you know that already, <laughs> Yes, and, I do. And, and, um, and so on my social media, whether it was Twitter or Instagram or anything like that, people were posting this, that very, you know, that sticker that had been popped around. And they were like, yeah. hey, is this your doing? Are you responsible for this? <laughs> Like, people were like, in fact, right next to me, Amy, I have my jag off button. Do you want to hear the jag off button? Let's go. Okay. The South Side, North Side, and Sliverty are full of jagoffs. So wait, hold on. There's <laughs> another one. Wait. Pittsburgh, the city
2: of champions, and jag Yeah, man. <laughs> Read the sign.
1: No so that's my that's my jag off button, which someone <laughs> got me. Now, jag off, as you probably know, Amy, it's not as as shocking as it was for me to learn. It's not a Chicago term. It's a Pittsburgh term. Yeah. And I have been told that before. And I was pissed when I heard about it. I was like, right. wait a minute. jagoff is a Chicago. And no. And all my friends, people I know from Pittsburgh, are like, no, dude, that's a that's a Pittsburgh term. And it is. But we have really made it our own. Oh yeah. Um and and I always thought it was a Chicago term cuz once I I've been saying jag off since birth essentially. <laughs> Who's your um, first word? <laughs> it's my first word was j- <laughs> and so um and then you know like I hear it in the city it's like a it's so closely associated with Chicago and fucking David Mamet puts it in every one of his plays and I'm like okay it's got to be Chicago (laughs) and then when I found out it was a Pittsburgh thing I was disappointed and yet we still own it Chicago owns it and yeah and when those stickers popped up Amy I'm not kidding you people who follow me people who know me Ah, uh, people were like, "Did you do this, dude? Is this? Are you responsible mm-hmm. for the sticker?"
0: <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm not gonna lie. When I saw one, the first one, I I took a picture of it, and I was like, "Oh, I gotta I gotta text this to Nick." Yeah. <laughs> that was the first thing I felt. I said, yeah. "So that's your word.
2: That's it your is jam." My,
1: it is. It is. It is. It is my word. I mean, it's you know. I mean, the the opening theme of my of my podcast. Uh, I I you know we have yeah. that theme, and then the second theme that 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 is played that I play by Jason is the congratulations you're listening to the podcast and the final word of that song is don't be a jag off that's right. the fu- so every episode of this podcast leads with the word "jagoff." off so if
0: someone made a word cloud it would be just jag off in the middle <laughs> really big
1: <laughs> and then well wait a minute and then uh, and then this on the side Here. motherfucker that would be the <laughs> definitely <laughs> the, you know, the other one, but yeah. So yeah, no. That's fun to that's fun to you know it's it's interesting because you know being a lifelong uh, Chicagoan, Amy, you know the 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 politics of this city, as you know, covering it are insane. You know, oh, yeah. and and pretty much particular to this city and unlike any other city. And and um and and this election kind of showed that. But I love like the mayor election is a thing where like if Chicagoans. If something happens that pisses off Chicagoans, you're screwed. Like, for instance, uh, Mayor Byrne essentially won, uh, became mayor because Belandic couldn't clean the streets after the Blizzard of 79.
0: That's right. Yeah.
1: That's it. That's it. It didn't. didn't,
0: It's like it's always a spite vote here.
1: It doesn't matter whatever he accomplished while he was in office or any of the other fuck ups that he may have had. He did not clean the goddamn streets. And Chicagoans were like, fuck you. I need to get to work. Let's let's vote for Byrne. Mm <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's always like a spite vote here. Yeah.
1: Always now, yeah. now. how do you think though about this? I mean, it had to be a runoff and everything, so we, clearly mm-hmm. there wasn't like a, a a major statement being made by the voters yeah. because right. it had to, it had to end in a runoff. But how did you feel about like like? Do you think because you know that's a that was a big thing. The blizzard of seventy nine was like a, you know uh, an act of God that Belandic had to deal with, and he didn't deal with it correctly. How much do you think the pandemic? uh affected light you know uh, affected lightwood and and um and how she dealt with it. do you think that that act of God kind of tipped the scales a little bit?
0: I mean, I think a lot of what Lightfoot had to contend with was putting out fires, and yeah. when you're in like triage mode, you can't really do any of your strategic stuff, and that's not really an endorsement for or against Lightfoot that's just kind of the way that was sort of my read on how her how things went down in her administration so you know uh, yeah for better or worse i don't i I think she was in triage mode and that that's what we saw of her not necessarily like strategic vision down the road you know that said like she's she's going out on some kind of questionable notes like the way the nascar thing came together a lot of aldermen were pretty pissed about that yeah and um you know brandon johnson said Prior to the election, I do believe, um, but he said he was going to try to undo that contract. Who knows if he ends up doing that or if he still, you know, maintains that position once he's in office? But that NASCAR thing is going to be very mm. disruptive. Um, <laughs> cranes through a FOIA request obtained some of the the plans around it. And oh, and no
1: kidding, really. It-
0: You know, it grew and grew and grew. It kind of first started out like, oh, it'll be a few setup days on each end and, you know, set up and tear down on each end. And it grew and grew and grew to the point that, uh, and Block Club Chicago has reported a lot about this too, between all the festivals and all their their tear down down and set up and, you know, all that crap. Millennium Park is going to be like open with nothing going on for only like... 84 days or something it's, you know like a inc- tiny little sliver insane. of days
2: insane. yeah
0: it's it's a lot and then there's you know a, a piece that i'm pretty interested in is we're going to have nascar vehicles running through the streets of chicago we oh, have I, we have protected architectural treasures of buildings in this town and also early on a lot of the museum stakeholders were like well wait a especially the art institute right there yeah, you know they were like yeah, um yeah. We don't need these priceless antiquities being rattled. That's not right. going to go well. Right. You know, the shed kind of weighed in. Like, um, we're not sure if the fish are down with NASCAR vehicles, I, right? So, I have
1: a I have a really good friend who uh, works at Field, and she's mm-hmm. like, uh, she's like, I don't know, this whole thing is just ridiculous, you yeah. know. And, and they've talked about it seriously at, at Field, big time.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think it'll be really interesting. And then like the whole thing of moving the dates of Taste of Chicago. I know, man. That feels, I think a lot of people got kind of territorial about that. Like Chicagoans don't love change. Like they, you know, we got our things and this is how this works. This is the stuff we do. Don't be moving it. And and so I think there was a lot of pushback around that.
1: And and I agree with that. It's going to be really, I mean, I think it's going to be a fucking nightmare, uh, (laughs) quite frankly. Traffic
0: is going to suck for sure.
1: (laughs) And I don't even drive, and I think it's going to be a nightmare. And uh, um, But no, uh, it'll be interesting to see how that whole thing, because this is the first time ever that anything like this has ever happened. We've had a lot of crazy shit in this city, and this is the oh, first yeah. time it's ever happened. Uh, you know, one of my favorite, I don't know why it brings, it, well, I do know why it brings this to mind. You remember when everybody was so excited about uh, the possibility of uh, the Olympics coming to Chicago? Um, well, some were, but there
0: was also yeah. a pretty vocal opposition yeah. trying to keep them out, yeah.
1: I remember, like, Everybody, you know, like there's thousands of people gathered outside the morning that they were going to announce what mm-hmm. city and everybody's in. And Oprah was like, we're going to have the Olympics, <laughs> you know, screaming. <laughs> and everybody was all excited. And Daly was like, yeah. And we there. Nope. <laughs> nope. And the, the look on the faces, because I remember watching it on TV and laughing my ass because I was one of the people <laughs> that did not want the Olympics anywhere near this city. You know what I mean? And I was already, and at that time I was married and, and, um, and my wife and I were like, listen, here's the deal. We're leaving town. We're renting the condo out to people and we're leaving, you know, we're not even going to be here.
0: Oh, you know what? I, I have already heard people kind of start to talk about that. Talk that way about having the DNC here next summer.
1: Unbelievable. Right.
0: And especially with i don't know if you have been on the highways lately, but the construction yeah. is already it's night nightmarish and It's seems so insa- like
1: the Kennedy is a fucking nightmare it's right a nightmare now. it's yes. a nightmare, and lakeshore drive, what they're doing on lakeshore drive is insane, so yeah, yeah, but yeah the it's dNC hot mess. That's, it's going to be nuts it's- and it, it'll be crazier than ever because things are different in the world and That's with right. technology yeah. and what's what's going on in this city than it was the last time the DNC was here, you know? Absolutely.
0: And even, um, I mean, we saw even a little bit of that when the NATO summit was here a yeah. few years ago. Yeah. And I was at the Tribune at the time, and that was a total clusterfuck of things. Yeah. And yeah. Um, it was, there. I had some interesting kind of moments with social media during that because there was an editor who was kind of tracking he had sent a reporter to follow each of the different protest groups right so like you go to occupy you go to this you go to this and the and and everybody kind of all these protest groups converged uh, around state and lake and then got all jumbled up and all the reporters were like wait shit which group is mine where are they going and and they were calling in and i was sitting there looking at tweet deck and i had columns open searching all this stuff and Mm. i heard this editor on the phone like well i don't know does anybody look familiar? You know, can you find anybody like, where's oh the, find God. the front, find the signs. And he was just frantic to get his, to get like six reporters back with their, you know, the groups oh. they had been assigned to follow. So I, and he was trying, he, I heard him kept, he kept saying something like, um, you know, well, we'll which group is headed that way? Which group is that? Look at the signs. What are they representing? Yeah. So I pull up those hashtags on TweetDeck and I was like and I found somebody who was live streaming and I click on it and I motioned to him and I was like, look, the guy's right here. He's going wow. this way. He's doing this. So he got that reporter and, that he, and then he was like okay, wait, can you find this group? And I found them and I found a wow. live stream and then I found somebody like tweeting a picture. I was like, okay, they're here now. Okay, here's the next picture. So they're they're going that direction on this street. Damn. And he was able to get all the reporters back look. to where they were supposed to be.
1: Wow! Look at you, all Matthew Broderick from War Games. What the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> but that
0: changed his thinking about about social yeah. media. After well, that, well, there he you was go. Like, yeah. oh, Okay, this could be a reporting tool.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. I mean, that, and that that's altered since then. So it'll be interesting oh, to see. Yeah. But I mean, I, I you know the NASCAR thing and all that. Like do, like what you said is key, though, Amy. Like we do not like to be disrupted, man. No, like we if, don't. You know, and 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 I and I personally, I'm I, I'm that's my philosophy on life. Like leave me. Let my shit happen the way it always happens. (laughs) Right, I know. Like, we're
0: very Gen X ethos here. (laughs) Yeah. Like, we're all very, like, leave us the fuck alone. Exactly. Let me just do my shit. It's fine.
1: Now, in covering it specifically now for on the business side for Cranes, um, do you have, like, is it it more fun or weirder to cover just the business angle as opposed to some of the stuff you were covering when you were with the the Trib and, and stuff like that?
0: No, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting, right? Because sometimes I'll see a news story kind of spin up and I'll be like, well, that is officially not my problem, right? right. I don't have to pay attention to that, <laughs> right. but it also gives me some tools to think yeah. about stories differently because it's not just a question. Right. It's what is the bearing on the business community? How does the business community feel about this candidate versus this one? It, it just kind of gives me a framework to see stories through in a little bit different way.
1: That's fun. you know. I mean, that's yeah. cool to look at stuff in a different way. I mean, I, I don't because I'm just so narrow-minded and stupid. Uh, but, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, okay, well, we'll keep you keep, keeping an eye on that kind of stuff. And again, uh, the da- Daily Just Podcast, it's, obviously it's daily because it's in the fucking title. So I should. That's I should right. Just, yeah. So uh, And where can people get that if they, if they want to uh, check it out?
0: Anywhere they like their audio on demand, Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or you can find it on the chicagobusiness.com dot com website.
1: Okay, Daily Just Podcast from Cranes. So, uh, and also all this information, all the cool stuff about Amy is available at AmyGuth, uh dot com. Indeed. Um, yeah. Okay. Cool. And I'm uh, I'm I'm a little uh, uh, I'm very excited because in just a few hours I'm going to a movie theater that I went to when I was a teenager all the time that I don't go to very much anymore. It's called the Norwich Theater. Oh yeah. Um, which is on the northwest side of Chicago, and I used to go there all the time when I was a teenager. I went to high school, you know, not very far from there, and I'm going there to see the New Evil Dead movie in just nice. a few hours as we speak. And I missed the screening of it, um, because I was at the Music Box this past week, just watching Robert Zemeckis movies for the past mm-hmm. seven days. I watched tw- <laughs> I watched 21 Robert Zemeckis movies in a week. Wow. Yeah, I kind of like Robert Zemeckis, and they had a, <laughs> he's like kind of my favorite. And they had this amazing film festival at the at the Music Box Theater this past week, and I was literally there every night seeing sometimes four movies at a crack, all directed by Zemeckis, most of them in 35mm and all that stuff. So I miss the Evil Dead screening. Uh, that they had for the press, and the New Evil Dead Rise is supposed to be really bloody and great and mm-hmm. awesome, so I figured i 'm like, you know what fuck it i 'm just going to go this is a movie that reminds me of my teenage year, so i 'm going yeah. to the norwich yeah. are there any you, is, are there any places that you kind of miss that like were there were there movie theaters that went that you went to when you were a kid? Were there places that you kind of that you mm-hmm. kind of miss? were there things that you did that wow. uh, that you
0: well, I mean, I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth. I, I mean, I, I moved around a lot, but, like, my teenage years were in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Yeah. Um. So, you know, it's such a divide there. Like, you're either a goth art kid or you're a cowboy. That's kind of it.
1: Okay. And I'm guessing and, you were the goth art kid.
0: Indeed. And yeah. so, you know, like, the Deep Ellum area of Dallas in yeah. the 90s was was gritty and cool and where you could go and, like, get tattoos and no one was checking ids or whatever right 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 right. you know it was that kind of cool place and you know we were all wearing our doc martens and i had purple stripes in my hair and um doing all those things there's a lot of great shows there's um, a bomb factory which was a bomb factory isn't is now like a big concert venue yeah. And now I mean I saw some great shows there. I saw I saw Jane's Addiction there. I mean so many awesome shows and yeah. uh let's see Dinosaur Junior there. Just great great shows. Yeah. So I I I mostly remember seeing some awesome shows like in teens and 20s time um
2: mm-hmm.
0: that were so so fun. Um but i've had you know and i get I, i'm not super nostalgic about that but there was a time a few years ago at riot fest when the cure played i had never actually seen the cure live and i really like the cure yeah. but i was i was standing there and they put on a short but good show and i looked down and i realized i was hey you know what i'm still wearing doc martens and fishnets and yeah. I'm okay. I was like, you know what? I think teens and twenties me would be okay with me in my forties yeah, because I'm still rocking the Doc Martens and the fishnets and like still, I don't know. I think I had like a Susie and the Banshees t-shirt on or something, but I was like, okay, you're not, you're not. You know, super lame and old. You're okay.
1: You always seem seem very hip to me. Always. Thank you. You always have. And the thing is, it's funny because you and I kind of have, as you're discussing this, you and I obviously have similar taste in some of the music. I've seen Dinosaur Jr. probably 40 times. Sweet. (laughs) But anyway, it's funny. You know, Esmeralda and I were talking about, um, you know, some of the uh, bad 80s fashion Oh, God. Um, And the fact that I did indeed have a mullet in the 80s. (laughs) Um, And because fucking Bono had a mullet at Live Uh, Aid. Yeah, he did. And so it's like, okay, well, that's cool. I didn't (laughs) have like a Billy Ray Cyrus mullet. I had a Bono mullet. And then eventually I had like the little rat tail because I was into, you know, like New Wave and stuff. Oh, yeah. So all the bad shit that you could do to your hair, I did in the 80s. <laughs> and then I cut it all off at one point. I cut the rat tail off, and I'm like, fuck it. And I just let my hair grow really, really long. And so right around 88-ish, my hair was really long, and I was wearing torn jeans, and I wore flannels. And then suddenly, I, was just, I, I did that because I'm a slob. And then suddenly, like in around 91, people were like, oh, you're all hip now. And I'm like, no. Yeah, you're
0: grunge now. I've been
1: dressing like a jagoff for, for six years. <laughs> and suddenly I was like hipster guy. And, yeah. and, uh, and I was like, no, I'm not doing this. On per- I bought this. I did not buy this. You know, this was a secondhand store. I've had this flannel for 15 years. I haven't cut my hair for seven years because I'm cheap and I'm lazy. Not because I'm trying to make a statement. So it's weird how that, be- like you're talking about, like you look down and you were wearing fishnets and docks because you used to. Not yep. because, you know what I mean? It was just weird that Esmeralda and I were talking about that. Like how, you know, like suddenly I was hipster guy. I was grungy guy. And I'm like, no, I, I'm a slob. And I've been dressing this way for a long time. You guys caught up, you know?
2: Yeah. <laughs> I also
0: think it's interesting how cyclical it is. Like I, I see young women now wearing stuff that I was like, oh, Angel Bear, I wore that too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like, oh was, we look,
0: chokers are back. Okay, I know.
1: I know. <laughs> oh, God, I love chokers. That's my favorite thing in the world.
0: Oh, oh I had God. like a velvet one with like uh, a little cameo yeah, on it because that's yeah. Victorian and goth or whatever. Yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, you you and I got it. Would have gotten along a long. We would have gotten oh, along totally. very well. Oh, totally. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm I'm a. i am i am have a weakness for goth and chokers. I'm just a, <laughs> it's. I'm not kidding. Like for me, like one of my favorite like uh, women ever in movie history, characters that I find like incredibly alluring and sexy and everything is Fruza Balk in The Craft. Oh. Like one of my God,
0: she she's the queen. Everybody <laughs> loved her in that. Like oh my yeah.
1: God, I, like I watched that, and I love that movie just in general. But I particularly totally. adore her. But yeah, no, and it's it's weird how that what you're talking about. Um, and like and I, when we were you know I was talking about this as well is like you know I I noticed uh, three four years ago. People would post stuff, hey, first day of school for their kids, you know, on Mm -hmm. on social media, and on your Twitter and on your Facebook and stuff. And I would notice that people would take pictures of their young daughters who are 13, 14 years old. And there are the low rise jeans and there's the midriff. And I'm like, what the, is it 1999 again?
0: Yeah. There was a uh, big rewind to the '90s stuff, and I was yeah. like, "Man!" And some of it was like not the best of the '90s. I was like, "Why are you bringing back the shittiest part of the '90s?" Like chokers, yeah. cool, but yeah. some of the stuff, like the Little House on the Prairie dresses, like, mm. <laughs> yeah. no, we we needed to leave those there. <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: right. No, you're right. And sometimes they bring. I don't, but I will say this: I don't see the spiky hair rat tail thing coming back for guys. I don't see that. And I had that. I was rocking that in like '86. Oh, oh
0: the famullet, though is a thing. Yeah.
1: Oh, it is, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah, lots God. of lots of that. I don't
1: know. All right, I guess it'll. Ne- I mean, I dress like a slob, and that'll never get old. Sometime, someday, it'll, you know, someday it'll be back in fashion again. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Uh, anyway, all right. Well, um, uh, let's let's get to some of the stuff now. You are you're going on a trip. Um, yes. In just a few days, and um, mm-hmm. and we've talked about it before. You're actually making a movie, and we've actually been able to you know track the progress of this with your yeah. visits on my podcast, which I think is awesome. Yeah. Um. what's the movie? What's the latest? Let's hear some of the stuff that's happening next for what you're yeah. doing.
0: So... So we're definitely gonna change the name of the movie, but the working title right now is Elvis of the Yukon.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And
0: uh, <laughs> we're changing the name because Elvis is kind of the big reveal. So if you go in knowing that, then it's not ah. such a reveal. Um, but it's it's a, based on a true story. Um, travel writer and author, Pam Mandel, um, she she wrote the screenplay and she based it on some of her travel writing when she was on a trip in Southeast Alaska and uh canada and uh, and was like driving around the alcan and ran into an elvis impersonator and uh you know it was like he wasn't in necessarily elvis mode right in the moment because he was like getting his car washed. but they had this right. this like lovely talk in the middle of this car wash in in alaska um but she was on this this drive with her friend and he was having some interpersonal stuff and it was just this nice little story and so she turned that um she and i collaborated on adapting her memoir called same river twice into a screenplay and that's mm-hmm. a feature screenplay that we wrote together and then after that she adapted this story to to a screenplay, and so it has been moving forward. I mean, I, I feel like it's, it, it's it's I don't know. It's it's got this magic touch to it. Everything is like I don't want to jinx it, but so many things have just come together so beautifully and so well. Um, c- the casting process was really interesting to hear total strangers, you know, reading the work that we had been looking at for all these months, and uh, we we got the cast together it was a really hard decision we cast we, we did the casting locally so they're all um we're going to film in in the pacific northwest and they're all based there most of them are based in seattle mm-hmm. and um you know you have to like get and, and auditions are on zoom now right so you're not even in the right. room with them and right. you're like hi we're we're strangers and you're in front of a panel of us act like elvis an elvis impersonator on his day off go You know, and it was awkward. And then, you know, there was also, you know, matching the two, matching the the two leads. these, These two friends are on this road trip. Mm-hmm. their chemistry had to be right so we, we did one round to find out like here are the actors be like and then let's get them let's pair them up to see if they have chemistry together and you know it was a really interesting process it's got to be we, really
1: interesting cuz i've i've directed a lot of plays and, yeah. and the audition process is always a fascinating and some, somewhat uncomfortable for me i don't know why i always find yeah. it uncomfortable but what was it like i mean if you wanted that chemistry did you ever have to did you ever have the luxury of having them actually in the same room or was it always separate for zoom
0: So we did a callback once we got the short list and Mm -hmm. we had, we got it down to like two women and we had each of them read with all the guys to see like, do you have that vibe with the Elvis candidates? And do you have that vibe with the friend on the road trip candidates? Got it. Um, So we, it was an interesting, you know, with zoom, you can put somebody in the waiting room. So I was like, okay, putting you back in the waiting room, bringing in this person. Okay. You stay here. I'm bringing so-and-so in. And it was like, A lot of uh, directing traffic, but it was, you know, we got it done and you could kind of tell, you know, who had, who had good vibes. And so we, we got the casting done, which was really fun, but I've had to come up with, I've been on a lot of really interesting, um, like interesting quests to get, you know, I'm, I'm producing this, so it's on me to wrangle a lot of this stuff. Right, right. And part of it in the film at the uh, at one point she goes up in a plane and she looks out the window and sees the northern lights happening. So the days are getting longer in Alaska, and I talked to so many pilots in Alaska, and everybody was so nice, and everybody was like, "Okay, well, here's how I I could do this. You know, I could just if you can find a, a camera person, I'll be I can be on standby, and if the lights are going that day, we can just go up." right so there was a lot of that and then there was people who were going well i am you know i'm a filmmaker and a you know commercial filmmaker and i already have a little bit of aurora footage and so i was like looking through people's archives and talking to all these pilots and everybody was so fun now i want to go to alaska and like meet all of these folks um but then also the plane in alaska needed to match the plane that we're filming taking off in seattle oh right So I also had to learn a whole lot about planes suddenly (laughs) because you know how, you know how it is in a movie. It's like if I had two different planes and you saw a little bit of the wing in the scene with the Northern Lights, some jagoff would be like, oh, well, clearly that's a de Havilland DHC three otter. (laughs) And you're implying on the ground that that's a Cessna 206. And that's exactly what would happen. So I was like, (laughs) I know that I don't want to hear from that person. And, and, and then I did it again with like bird calls. So I was like, well, what animal, what bird would you hear in Southeast Alaska in this time of year? So I, like looking into that, <laughs> that yeah. was another research quest um, that I needed help with. And uh, finding a vintage car, this Elvis has got to have a cool ride. He's not, you know, Elvis ain't cruising around in a minivan. Elvis needs a Cadillac. Right. Uh, finding that, finding these planes, finding the locations, all this kind of stuff. And I have to say the the Washington Film Office Amazing people. I have never met so much enthusiasm like from the moment the phone was answered. You know, I like told the person who answered the phone what we're doing and and, uh, she was like, that's awesome. Okay, here's who I'm going to connect you with like she was wow on it and uh it's just been really fun you know to get that to get that together and talk to all these folks and uh the the project remaining that i'm still trying to work out here as we're dwindling down to uh where principal photography starts is i need to find a husky dog to be on set who's very well trained who can like sit and stay and not be on a leash and just kind of sit there and then wander off on cue um and then you know, we're looking at plan B and I was like, okay, if we can't find the dog, do we cut that part of the script? Do we, you know, is there something else we can do that just says Alaska and sets the vibe? And it was like, well, can you get a moose to walk in the background? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, but I'll make that call. And that's, that's, you know, that's what's fun about producing is that you apply really creative solutions to totally weird problems like dogs and mooses and, and, and birds of Southeast Alaska and, Uh, You know, there's a vet's office actually very close to where we're one of the locations we're filming in. And and I called and I was like, here's what I'm looking for. And and they were kind of like, well, we know of a husky, but but she's not she's not a good girl. She wouldn't sit. So maybe try this, you know, trainer or whatever. Um, And it just becomes a a series of connecting people and connecting people and connecting people. And um, there's even been some interesting shots in particular that we've had to get that I've looked for. Um, there's a particular sign that needs to have a city name and refer to an airport. Cause she has dialogue about it. And I'm like, we can't fly to Alaska just to get this one shot. And so it's like finding people in, a, in remote parts of Alaska that, that, that can shoot this and shoot it well, and that their camera can match what we're shooting on and using the amorphic lenses and all of that. So it's just been a really interesting. Um, I mean, every, every producing project is always an interesting uh Exercise in, in problem solving and in, in creative and fun ways to make. And at the end of the day, you're making a movie, and it's fun. It's totally fun.
1: It's you know, it's 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 too bad that uh, that the legendary uh, wolf dog actor Jed uh, has passed away because that's yeah. the husky that's the husky that's in John Carpenter's The Thing. That's right. Uh, one of the greatest dog actor perform best <laughs> performances ever. Yeah, that dog kicked ass. And I I've, I've had the you know the honor of interviewing John Carpenter a couple times, and we've talked about Jed. And he said, uh, of all the actors in that movie, he was the the, the most pleasant to work with. <laughs> uh, and if you look at that performance, that is literally one of the best and coolest animal performances in movie history. And uh, but I guess huskies are that. I guess huskies. If you, I mean, if you're gonna have a dog in a movie, one of the best behaved, from what I've heard from Carpenter and and, and anybody else uh, who's worked with huskies in the past, I guess those are dogs that are that are made to, to I mean if you're going to have a, a dog in a movie that's a really good breed to have
0: interesting I didn't yeah. know that. I yeah I follow a lot of huskies on Instagram I mean I follow more <laughs> animals than people <laughs> at, in general <laughs> but I do follow a lot of huskies on Instagram and it's mostly be, it's their people posting videos of how mouthy they are huskies are really chatty right and so they'll be like no I gave you your food and then it's just several minutes of this dog like ah, rah, rah,
2: rah, <laughs> and like
0: bitching about it <laughs> So maybe There's, I won't get... Like, if it's a Husky, maybe he's like a big diva and on, on the right, side and just bitching. Right. Like, call my he's, agent. Or
1: I don't have enough lines. Why does the Moose have more fucking lines than I do? That's a right, problem. The
0: Moose has a nicer trailer. <laughs> Fuck it, I'm out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know. That sentence, I follow a lot of Huskies on Instagram. That's the, I don't know why immediately it's a sexual thing in my head. I'm like, wait a minute. What, is that a... <laughs> Is that like a, is this, is that a group of things I don't know about? I mean, I, you know, uh, you know. I... <laughs> okay.
0: I have to tell you, here's a very funny story. Okay. Let's rewind to speaking of the time at the Tribune. Remember for a while there were news organizations were like embedding Twitter searches on their website? Yes. Okay. So like <laughs> the entertainment section posted like Oscar hashtag. And so people could, with okay. the idea that, oh, people are going to go to the Tribune's entertainment section website and watch <laughs> like a curated version of Twitter, right? That was kind right. of the idea. It was right. a short lived thing. But the uh, the sports editor at the time was like, Oh, we should do a game day thing. And he and so I like showed him generally how to set up a Twitter widget with the Chicago Tribune sports account and things like that. And then and he was like, oh, I got it under control, the digital editor for the section is going to do it. And then it's about, it's about maybe like, Five minutes before the Bears game starts that that weekend.
2: Oh, no. I see and I this get
0: this call. Really. Yep. I get this call and say, hey, we put a widget on the site, on the front of the sports section for Bears, and it's filled up with le- leather daddies. What do we do about that? And I was like, ooh, real busy. Sorry. It's going to have to sit there a minute. And it was hilarious. It was, re- I mean... It was lots of like in search of tweets and I was dying and he was like trying to be professional about it and not just fall to fall apart. But I was but it was also like very graphic and hysterical. And so it was just a mix of like bears fans and then like leather daddies looking for cubs. And I was like, Oh Jesus, this is the greatest day fantastic. of my life. That is
1: fantastic. Oh my God. That is so great. Well, that's, a, I don't know why, but when you said, you know, I follow a lot of Huskies online, I was immediately, that's, a, it, that's what she said. I'm not familiar with that term. <laughs> uh, (laughs) wow that's that's unbelievable so oh so um are you is everything in place now for your trip is has everything been settled and now can you get there and start shooting is that is that the next step pretty much
0: pretty much we're we're close like this is the the crunch week where i've got to go back over everything make sure everybody who said they're going to do a thing will do a thing uh you know iron out catering and you know stuff like that um, yeah. so it's it's kind of the last of the details and we have some very unusual props to get um that 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 we're, that i've hun- been like hunting down so um yeah, yeah. it's kind of the, the last of the stuff and i will i will take a deep breath when you know we're when we're on set and it's happening and it's also uh we have a, you know it's a probably two thirds of it of the shoot is outside, so we need yeah, to God, n- yeah. not have rainy weather in the yep. Pacific Northwest, so good luck to me on that oh
1: man well i I wish you the best and I'm so excited for you and uh Thanks. for the whole thing because you know we've been talking about it since the whole inception yeah. Um, and yeah it's really it's really cool that it's coming to fruition. How long of a shoot are you scheduled to do it'll be
0: it'll be the week it'll be that first week of May, and mm-hmm. I'll have it done and then then we'll move to post, which is right. um, less sexy, more tedious, but it, but very satisfying because at the end of it, you you got a movie.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, to, to a lot of people who make movies, that's the that's the funnest part. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like putting it all together and watching oh, yeah. what happens when you cut things together and all that cool stuff. So that'll be Yeah,
0: fun. and picking music and, yeah. you know, doing the color on it and just making it pop. And then, um, you know, the plan is we're going to go to festivals with it. Mm-hmm. So you want to, uh, I think like a... a a thing people don't realize about about uh film festivals is most of them a lot of them have a premiere requirement so they want to make sure it hasn't been shown somewhere else first or right. it's not available online or something like that so what you generally want to do is get like the best possible world premiere festival you can right so that's where people are going to go like to Sundance or whatever and hit them yeah. up and try to try to get into that so you want to get like the best the best premiere the best world premiere you can and then you start focusing on like okay what's my west coast premiere what's my you know new york premiere am i going to do this in europe am i going to put subtitles on it release it in a foreign market at at any of those festivals and you you just you have to it's a little bit of a chess match to figure out where uh, you know what festivals you can get into when they're going to be how long you have to wait and you know some of them or some of them are so big that you're like okay if you get into sundance you want to wait okay so no one's going to see this movie before late january when it goes to sundance Cause that'll be the premiere. And if you don't get that, then you go, okay, what's, you know, what's the best festival I can get in and have the world premiere there. And you, you know, you kind of uh, work backwards from there, but it's fun, you know, and then, then you, as you can, as the budget allows, you go to as many of those as you can and you meet other filmmakers. And, um, you get to see a lot of cool stuff. I've been to Sundance before and saw lots of neat stuff and met a lot of interesting people. But I would say the, the best part of it was the accidental conversations where you just strike up a conversation because you're like in a crowded room with somebody and you're squished by the door and can't move and you start talking to them and then you realize, oh, you worked on this and I'm working on this and this is yeah. fun. Oh, you know, so and so. And then you end up like collaborating with them on, on a thing or something like that.
1: That just happened, oddly, Amy, that just happened over that week I was at the Music Box every night for the Zemeckis thing. Um, met a lot of the people who were Zemeckis maniacs and who also had podcasts and things like that. And I've connected with these people and uh, yeah. we're going to, we're going to collaborate on some stuff and, totally, uh, and it was fun. I mean, we, you were there every night, like, and you know, like we'd walk out of, you know, after seeing used cars twice and going, Hey, uh, we need to talk about this or, you know, like Forrest Gump was last night and, right. you know, um, I'll tell you that really quickly, the, the rediscovery that I made at this whole Zemeckis festival was because most of Robert Zemeckis' movies I, I, I love, I adore, um, mm-hmm. And uh, and a lot of people don't really kind of get just how subversive and dark and kind of filled with acid a filmmaker he really is. Because to me, Forrest Gump is this very subversive, dark joke about America. That's, to me, that's what that movie is. Mm. And it gets misinterpreted and it was, you know, it was politicized by the right and politicized by the left. And, you know, at the time the Clintons started talking about it, Newt Gingrich started talking about it. And I think... The focus of the movie, which is a really dark, harsh statement about America, I think, got lost, and it became this other thing. And I think a lot of his movies get misinterpreted. I mean, like Back to the Future, is you know, there's a whole subplot that kind of centers on incest in Back to the Future. You know, and there's, I mean, you know, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a really dark movie where the tunes stand in for minorities, and these are the kind of things that Zemeckis does. But he's able to make these really, really wildly entertaining and successful movies without you don't have to like get the deep really nasty stuff that's under the under the surface of all of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and he does that and there's a skill to that. There's a skill to making a very commercially audience pleasing movie and yet you walk out and go, "Man, that was nasty." You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, the one movie that I kind of in all the years that I kind of like kind of missed the boat on, which I realized this week, was um I'd seen it and I didn't like it the first time I saw it, and that's Death Becomes Her. Mm. Um with Bruce Willis and Meryl Streep and
0: yeah.
1: uh, Goldie Hawn, and which was a movie about vanity, and they, you know, the the women drink this potion to stay, you know, to stay forever young, and they can't die, so their heads get ripped apart and all that stuff in their <laughs> right. body, and it becomes this really gross kind of a thing. And when I first saw it, I wasn't crazy about it; I didn't like it very much. It came out in 1992, and it it was right after he had made the three Back to the Future movies, and Who Framed Roger Rabbit? And Who Framed Roger Rabbit? To me, is truly one of the greatest works of art of the 20th century. I think it's an, a masterpiece. And he had been working, you know, he had been doing some TV stuff. Like he did an episode, a couple of episodes of Amazing Stories, mm-hmm. um, and he did oh, a couple that was of episodes. A great show, yeah, a great show. And he did a couple of episodes of HBO's Tales from the Crypt. You know, with yeah. the Crypt Keeper and all that shit. And those were kind of, to me, they were like, oh, they were fun. They were little asides, you know. Mm-hmm. And man, I can't wait till he actually makes a movie. And this was his follow-up to Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And I went in, and when I watched it, I was like, it's just a long episode of Tales from the Crypt. And I remember not liking it. And I watched it on cable a couple of years later. Now I had not seen Death Becomes Her in probably tw- over twenty years, well over twenty, maybe almost twenty five years. I had not seen it, uh, well over twenty five years, probably. And I watched it the other night at the music box, and I, it's fucking great.
2: <laughs> like, Interesting. I
1: completely missed the boat on it, and didn't. Huh. And it was all very Zemeckis-y. And I think I was just like disappointed because it wasn't Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Um, mm-hmm. And it was similar in tone to the stupid Tales from the Crypt stuff, which he did, which was great, but just like not significant. Yeah. And then I w- I watched it the other night. It's a great movie, and I'm telling you, I don't know, what a- Amy, have you seen um, Death Becomes Her?
0: I have, but I'm sitting here thinking, like, gosh, it's been a very long time. And well, if you watch gaps. it again,
1: if you watch it again, I and I and I really recommend you do because for me, it was the fu- you know it was of the whole week, it was the one rediscovery that I made. I was like, oh my god, I was wrong about this movie, and I love doing that. I love going back and seeing something. That I thought one thing about maybe changing my mind about it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm telling you right now, Bruce Willis is genius huh. in it. Genius. It is an unbelievably brilliantly funny, ridiculous performance where he does great physical stuff. And, and, I, and I had to think about it because when that movie came out, he was full-on McClane. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he was he was full on Planet Hollywood. He was with Demi Moore. They were the hottest couple in the world. He was hunky. He was beautiful. He was sexy in movies. And he plays the dumpiest motherfucker with a bad wig and a mustache. And he is hilarious. And it is <laughs> it's great. And of course the you know, it goes without saying Meryl Streep and, and Goldie Hawn were always terrific in it. Yeah. Uh, and Isabella Rossellini is a gift from God. You know, but, For but sure. man, Bruce Willis, and there's a cameo, and I totally forgot there's a cameo by Sidney Pollock in it. Um, And he plays a doctor, this is seven years before he played a doctor in uh, Cooper's last movie, in Eyes Wide Shut, and there's this weird thing (laughs) watching him play this part, which brought to mind Eyes Wide Shut, and on a whole weird different level, so my brain was exploding watching
0: it. Sure, yeah. You were. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was. All just the connections the... happening. All, it was insane. It was completely yeah. insane. But anyway, my my point is, watch Death Becomes Her because it's really good.
0: <laughs> yeah, I should rewatch that. I'm not a yeah. big rewatcher because I feel like there's so many movies to watch. Like, oh, I can't waste precious life on rewatching. Yeah. But there are some some gems that like didn't land the first time. That when I rewatched it, I was like, oh, you know what? That's actually hidden genius.
1: Yeah. That's what happened with this movie, and absolutely yeah. of all the movies that I saw, and I loved all of them because I love Robert Zemeckis. My favorite experience of this past week was rediscovering how really great and how and how I misinterpreted how great Death Becomes Her is because it's great. Interesting, it is great. Um, hey, so uh, we'll, you know, obviously, uh, you know, when you get back from from your shoot, you're going to be with me on stage at Zan. Yeah, no,
0: we're doing a thing again.
1: Yeah, and I'm so excited because the last time you co-hosted with me, Esmeralda's out of town again, so you're coming in. And, uh, and you know I love working with you, Amy. You're the best. And you're the we're best. Have a, we
0: have so much fun.
1: It's going to be a blast. It'll be on May 16th at the Tuesday Night Zanies in Rosemont. Uh, Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get your tickets now, 847 The really hilarious stand-up comedy of Jim Flanagan. Uh, he's going to be our guest. So we'll get to talk with Jim. Love and that. we'll do all the regular stuff, give stuff away, and have some fun. And I know that you're going to have a ton of stories about making a movie, and I can't wait to hear them live on stage.
0: Oh, my gosh. uh, Yeah. Hopefully they're all really good and nothing went wrong. But there's always like something that happens in every production that ends up being this great accident. Right. Either somebody flubs a line and it becomes the iconic line of the movie that everybody quotes or, you know, something doesn't work out and you have to quickly do something else. And it ends up being fabulous. So, yeah, Yeah. whatever that ends up being, um, I will share it then.
1: Yeah. And we're going to be live. It's going to be a lot of fun. Amy will be there. I'll be there. My dad's going to come up and tell some jokes. And uh, he kills okay. every time. Your
0: yeah. dad is so funny. Last time, <laughs> <laughs> like, they were so funny and raunchy and they yeah. were just fabulous. Yeah. Your dad is hysterical.
1: He is. And he's going to close the show. And he, I mean, he's the best part of the whole goddamn thing. You know, I mean, yeah. like, he, he comes up and it's like, well, shit, the, the, the first 45 minutes of this, we could have just, you know, slept through. Until the until the old guy got up on stage and told the jokes. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, and it's going to be great. And you were fantastic. And we're going to have a good time, give stuff away, and it'll be a lot of fun. So, everybody, come on out. See Amy uh, live on stage uh, with me, Zanies and Rosemont, on Tuesday, May 16th. Rosemont.Zanies.com. Get your tickets now. And the really hilarious Jim Flanagan is, is our guy. He's a, an incredibly funny stand-up comic. Uh, who also is a, a podcast host, along with the great Pat McGann, who's having yeah. a year. My yeah. God, is he having a year. All right. Um, but that's all. That's coming up. So I wanted to make sure that we got that plug in there. Everybody wants to see Amy Guth live on stage. Come to uh, Zanies in Rosemont on Tuesday, May 16th. Get your tickets now. Um, and also, but you are accepting some, you want to hear, uh, you, you have a Substack blog. I do. Um, and you want some, some, uh, some help from people. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me about that.
0: M- my pandemic project that I started in 2020 was just for funzy I started, uh, I started a Substack where every single day I send out a writing prompt and I've heard from people that it's not just writing prompts. It's also like they they've used it for podcasts. They've they've used it for writing, but also for other stuff just to give them ideas. So a lot of, a lot of bloggers follow it and, and all that, but every single day, seven days a week you get a writing prompt and, um, I have, there's just so many people right now with cool things to promote authors and uh, bloggers and podcasters. So I'm accepting for the first time that like, I've done this every day myself since June of 2020. And I'm accepting guest contributions because I realize so many people have so many cool things to promote. So if somebody's got something to promote, and they can come up with a cool original idea for a writing prompt, it doesn't have to be long, it can just be a couple sentences, or it can be longer. um, I'm accepting guest you know guests to do that so you could do a guest post promote your thing and you know and it really just involves like answering a couple questions that i'll just write a little intro on top and then you know that person can take it away for their writing prompt and then promote their thing and link to their book or their podcast or whatever so i want to hear from folks
1: okay and what's the best way to what's the easiest way for them to do that
0: well, if they want to check it out, gooth.substack.com is the, is the podcast, or the, not the podcast, is the blog. And it's called Writing Prompts for Weird Times. And the best mm-hmm. way to find me is amy at amygooth.com Just send okay. me a note.
1: And that's G-U-T-H, G-U-T-H, that's right. okay. Uh, so uh if you want to uh, submit something for, uh, for the writing prompts uh, for, yeah. to plug your own stuff. So that's cool. I will right. well, listen, Amy, have a great trip. Thanks. Um, and have a and I hope the shoot goes really well. And God, I'm praying for the weather. And I know, I know. <laughs> I'm praying for, for you because that's always a pain in the ass when you're making a movie is the weather. Yeah. Um. But yeah. And I'm and I'm right. hoping it's great. And you'll tell us all about it when you get back. Um. You know, we'll we'll uh, we got our live show at Zany's, and then you know you'll come back on the podcast and talk more.
0: Definitely. And I'll you're be, the best, Amy. Thanks. You're the what? best. I'll be posting Wait. stuff on like Instagram and on my website during the process, so there'll be some like behind the scenes photos there too.
1: And I don't know if you're going to have this exchange in your movie, but I think you should. I, uh,
2: you just stay around here to fuck my mother and eat her food. <laughs> Matt.
1: oh, he moves! You are really a fucking asshole. Try some
2: motherfucker, yeah.
1: food eater. Sick. I don't know if that. I, I don't know if you'll ever have an exchange as good as that in your movie.
0: I, I don't know that that can be topped. <laughs>
1: all right, all right, Amy. Thank you very much. That's uh, <laughs> and we'll see you on May 16th at Zanies and Rosebud.
0: Sounds good. Thanks. Okay,
1: cool. That's Amy Guth, and uh, let's say hello to uh, Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda, yeah. Esmeralda Leon, yeah.
2: Esmeralda, I'm talking about that Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda
1: Leon, yeah. Yeah. Esmeralde Leon Esmeralde is uh, has Esmeralde to show up. She's required by law anytime that is played. <laughs> it's a new law. It's a new <laughs> Just law. Just enacted so, it this year. <laughs> like if you're anywhere and let's say that song is played, your theme song is played in Brooklyn, you got to get on a train. Mm-hmm.
3: Right, it's gonna take me a bit, but I'll get there eventually.
1: <laughs> uh, that's Esmeralda Leon. Hi, Esmeralda.
3: Hi. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you?
1: I'm okay. Uh, I'm all right. I'm a little, you know, bleary eyed from spending an entire week watching multiple Robert Zemeckis movies every night for a week. Yeah,
3: I would <laughs> think just staring at a screen that long.
1: Twenty-one. That's uh, that giant. 21 Zemeckis projects in Whew. 7 days.
3: Yeah. That's yeah. that's a lot.
1: Yeah, it is. Um so what do you get what what do you even do? What's going on for the weekend for you anything uh anything coming up where you're going to go nuts? Uh no. Not I going don't nuts? I'm
3: not I'm not partying hard like you are.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man, you get out of the way.
3: Uh n- yeah, no. Um I'm trying to think if there's anything. There isn't anything this weekend. No. Unfortunately.
1: Okay. All right. Cool. Well, uh, I'm looking forward to the Evil Dead movie, which uh, at this time yeah. of recording, I am seeing in just a matter of a f- just a little bit, a uh, couple hours from now. And, and have uh, you heard I've heard very positive. Things? Things. Yes. I've heard good. great things about it. I've heard great things from critics who have seen it because they screened it for the press, but I was, again, watching Robert Zemeckis movies, so I didn't go to the right. screening. Right. Um, right, right. And um, so, but I hear great things about it. And I hear, you know, my, my future ex-wife, uh, Dana DiLorenzo, the lovely Dana DiLorenzo, who is mm-hmm. part of the franchise because she is, you know, Kelly Maxwell in Evil Dead versus, or Ash versus Evil Dead. Yeah, um, yeah. She's also in the Evil Dead video game. Uh, and she's seen it and she loved it. So uh, that's... Nice. So someone within the family of Evil Dead loves it. So I'm, I'm very excited.
3: Cool, yeah, that's. So. I'm excited that they're doing things with it, you know, and it's good <laughs> yeah, there's you know has been too many sequels and like reboots and whatevers of of horror movies, and we're just and they've been awful, or no yeah. one likes them well, I mean so you know, it's good thing, to hear that there's actually good ones.
1: I have to say this that um you know, i basically I came to this realization I pretty much love. Everything Evil Dead related. Mm -hmm. Like, I love all the movies. Um, I love the TV show. I love the Ash vs. Evil Dead. So anything that has Evil Dead in the title, I've liked. I like the 2013 remake or the reboot from 2013 with Jane Levy. Obviously, the original three Sam Raimi movies are fantastic, and I love the TV series with my future ex-wife and Bruce Campbell. And uh, mm-hmm. and I'm really looking forward to to this one. So
2: very um, good. And I
1: hear it's really bloody, like really. <laughs> like
3: so, then that's essentially what it is. I'm thinking is that this franchise is being taken care of.
1: It is, you know, um, versus I,
3: like you know, like the Halloweens. Yeah, been...
1: <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely right. It's it's weird too because, you know, um, I was like when when they when they the 2013 movie came out, I was like, man, I don't know. You know, I went in like, don't fuck around, you know, <laughs> and I loved it. I thought it was great. And I think Fetty Alvarez has turned out to be an amazing director. He also did another great movie with um, Jane Levy called Don't Breathe, which is a fucking great movie. And so and then like when Ash versus Evil Dead, I was like, I don't know. You're doing a little a cable series on stars. I don't know. And I was like, I, I, you know. Then I heard that Sam Raimi directed the first episode, and then obviously Bruce Campbell was the star of it. And then I saw the first episode, and I'm like, oh, it's great. And then the whole series turned out to be good. And, of course, that's yeah. how I met, I met you know, my future ex-wife in that, right? in that way. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and I hear nothing but good things about this. And the guy who directed this movie, the movie that he, um, he, he made before this, a low-budget movie called Hole in the Ground, is really good and really gory. So,
2: hmm.
1: And I decided to go to the Norwich Theater. Which was the theater I used to go to when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. And I was like, man, you know what? Because it's only like it's at, it's like like I live on Irving Park, as you know, mm-hmm. and it's right by the hip. it's like you know it's like uh, right it's walking distance from Harlem Irving. So yeah. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna go to my childhood teenage movie theater and see that goddamn crazy ass Evil Dead <laughs> movie.
3: And is it the same the movie theater?
1: Yeah. Like, no, does no, it look, no, it's completely has it different. Has re- been redone? It, yeah, it's been redone. I mean, it, they used to. it started out as two theaters back in the like, 70s when it opened.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Two big, big, big theaters. No balconies, but big, giant theaters. And then, the, uh, then they added two more, so they had four theaters. So at the most, they had four. And then at one point, they split those and turned it into like eight, and then they closed down for a long time. And now they've reopened, and they have, I want to say, six theaters, but they're smaller. Mm-hmm. And they're all updated now. They got the leather recliners and all that shit that everybody, you know, has. Um, right. Yeah, but it's yeah. in the same space. You know what I mean? The parking lot's mm-hmm. the same. Everything around it. You know, they've there's a lot of, like, different places around it. Now, there used to be the place next to it, um, which is now, like, uh, kind of a notorious... You know, Ezra, you know those, uh, those, like, Chuck E. Cheeses, but they're kind of, like, imitation Chuck E. Cheeses?
3: Yeah. Is that one still there?
1: I... I think it's been replaced by something else but that was kind of I mean, you probably heard about this it's kind of a notorious one.
3: Because I I never were, yeah I never knew much about it but I remember seeing it. There and were it was, like, all kinds of knockoff.
1: like all knockoffs but it was also notorious because there were all kinds of times that the cops had to be called for fucking brawls and stuff in there. Yeah. Well
3: I mean, because it, you you only have to you you can go as an adult. You just have to have a child with you. So,
2: right, right.
3: <laughs> it's not like it's all kids in there.
1: Like, no, it's not. No, it's adults. No, no, no. Seriously, the and, ratio and, 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 of
3: children versus adults is, oh, is probably around equal, or it maybe is. a little bit more of children. But yeah,
1: <laughs> but and but also, it's like it, the, the 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 adults that are there like want to drink because they're with a bunch of fucking kids running around like right. idiots.
3: Yeah, they have to deal with it.
1: Right. So they get boozed up. I remember when when they when they when Chuck E. Cheese or one of those. Uh, places um those kind of like children's joints were like yeah we're not going to serve beer anymore and the parents were went nuts they were like no yeah no it's the only thing about it that is good is that i can yeah, drink like,
3: how dare you
1: yeah you can't <laughs> let us deal with these little assholes sober are you kidding so uh, but yeah but that place where the i don't i really don't know i'm gonna walk right past there uh later today uh, so i'll see But that place was like an imitation Chuck E. Cheese, but their brawls broke out all the time. I remember hearing people who lived in the area, like the Norwich Mm -hmm. Cops, were busy all the time. Norwich Cops, by the way, the only cops that ever arrested me, the only time I was ever arrested and thrown in jail was in Norwich. That was was the only time I was ever in jail, a Norwich jail. Wow. Yeah. And now you're going back. I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going to see if I can get arrested tonight. But but anyway, that (laughs) space, that big space, used to be a roller rink, Esmeralda. So it used to be called. Aww. It used to be called the Axel, mm-hmm. um, and it was like the place to go. You would roller skate and then go to see a movie at the Norwich. It was like right next door, and then you could pick up your Mar- Maurice Linnell cookies because the Maurice Linnell cookie uh, headquarters was right next door.
2: So oh, you, you okay.
1: could go in. You could smell the cookies if you walked down Harlem. You could smell the cookies from like six blocks away and they used to make oh the, the the legendary Maurice Linnell cookies right there on Harlem see so and you could go in and get damaged cookies for free <laughs> like if they fell off the conveyor belt or they broke during processing they would they would they would uh package them up and sell them for like half price like if they were broken yeah. so you could go so in and get your
3: So I'm I'm looking oh okay I think I found it
1: Found what the place that it...
3: uh... Yeah, it's no longer whatever that is. It's still like a children's place. I right. think this is it.
1: Yeah. It's I, now
3: called next level play center.
1: Yeah, that's I think that's your I think that's it. Your, <coughs> it's a right.
3: bougie it's like a bougie Chuck E. Cheese essentially. Exactly. And, in my and, mind but it,
1: but it was white trash Chuck E. Cheese before that. Well like, like Chuck
3: E. Cheese isn't white trash already. Chuck E. Cheese was always a yeah. pretty trashy place. <laughs> Inherent, it just it was the mouse, like that damn rat. Just
1: he is a rat, isn't he?
3: I mean, (laughs) I don't know what the difference is between mice and rats. (laughs) I think when I think rats, I don't know. Usually, when you see a rat, it's a very large.
1: Yeah, it's larger, and I guess rats. I guess rats are larger, and they also bring disease, where I guess mice don't. They're smaller, and they don't like carry all kinds of killer diseases within them
3: rodents right yeah. they're all rodents. rodents
1: they're all rodents they all fall <laughs> into the category of rodents yes yeah so you know like uh, i i had a friend in high school who had a ferret a pet, a those things ferret. creep me out yeah and i remember one night he had a house party and the ferret got out and was like mm-hmm. running around <laughs> running around among all of us like 16 year old 17 uh, year old luther north people yeah uh, and run, with our with, by the way, our feathered hair and bad mustaches, all that shit, uh, oh, as we Lord. were talking about before. Yeah, yeah. So there's a ferret running around among those people, and some jackoff grabbed it and tried to put it in the microwave.
3: Jesus Christ! Yeah, is that person a serial killer now?
1: Uh, this person, he was a total meathead. He was a uh, I don't know what the hell he is now. I I think I don't think if you think he. This was like sophomore, sophomore maybe junior year. I don't think he graduated. I don't remember him graduating with us, but he was like a football player, lunkhead, dickhead.
3: God, that's like some serial killer. Yeah, shit. he
1: grabbed a ferret and he's like, "Let's put it in the microwave." And we're all like, Well And first of all, microwaves were like only rich people had them at that time, right? And 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 so like it was it was cool that there was a microwave in there because none of I didn't have a fucking microwave when I was in high school, <laughs> and yeah. like and, and these people had microwaves and and they had a microwave and they were and a ferret, so it was like. This is not a good place for you to throw a party. Like you're dumb for throwing a party. Yeah. Like I got you got a microwave and a ferret. That's not good. You know what I mean?
3: By the way, um yeah. I'm looking at the Orkin website and they have how can you tell the difference between mice and rats? Alright. And rats are getting quite a it's such a bad rap. Yeah. Like how why they're disgusting. Like versus a mouse, like the mouse. So they have, like, little, it's a little, like, infograph. And, you know, mice, it's, like, nocturnal. Large floppy ears. They're smaller. Uh, They're white, brown, or gray in color. And then rat is uh, larger. Well, yeah, it's, like, larger. Also nocturnal. Leaves grease marks on touched surfaces. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then also long... Long tails, usually hairless and scaly, like they're really making these rats.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, the rats are—they're nasty. They're disgusting. I mean, but, um, you apparently
3: know. leaves grease marks. Yeah, on no, they're fucking. Surface. They're
1: what? They're oh, vile. Gross. They're vile. They're vile creatures, Esmeralda. I mean. I have It's you know, just
3: funny like versus a mouse.
1: Yeah, mouse. They're like,
3: "Oh, it's just little."
1: Yeah, it's a little thing. <laughs> and you keep in mice, you can have mice as a pet. Mice can be oh, little mice. You could. You could. You know, but a rat is a jagoff. And and um I I remember, you know, you, 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 when you live in the city, as you know, mm-hmm. Esmeralda, there in in the in the alleys, there are rat problems in the city. Yes. And yeah. I have gone out. We have a courtyard in my in my um In my apartment building. I live in a really big apartment building. A lot of people live in this apartment building. It it goes, Mm -hmm. it spans like two blocks. It's a huge, huge, like it's it's a full, like full block on Irving Park and a full block and a half on the other side, on the side street.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: And so in the middle is this very much, you know, James Stewart, um, you know, rear window type. (laughs) <laughs> courtyard in the back, <laughs> where where you could spy. And I'm sure that there's a, a killer living amongst us somewhere. There's a Raymond Burr living there somewhere, maybe. But probably. I have to I have That's to walk likely. through a I have to walk through a very long courtyard to get to the back, because my apartment is located right on the front of Irving. Mm-hmm. So when I walk out the back, the garbage is all the way through the courtyard. So it's a nice little trek to go mm-hmm. all the way to the back, and it's close to like near the alley and where and I'm right next to. Where buses park and stuff by the CTA, Oof. yeah, and so like it's it's a lot. Of, there's a lot of vermin and shit in that area, and um, sometimes when the city doesn't come out and do what they're supposed to do, which is exterminate rats, I've gone out in, in especially at night if I throw the garbage out at night, I have walked over to a dumpster and opened it up, and like like twenty five rats just jump out.
2: Right? And I mean, like, yeah,
1: and I mean big fucking rats that run across your feet when you're you know it's terrifying. And they're big and they're fucking ugly. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, living in the city, uh, there's a rat problem. It's not. Actually, it hasn't been bad for the past couple of years. Maybe maybe they got COVID. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But it Um, hasn't been as bad. Now, you live in the city. How's your rat? How's the rat situation in your part of the city?
3: It's not bad over here because we have um, a lot of uh, there's a lot of houses here. And so they have cat colonies. That they've ah uh, the uh, old feral acquired. cats yeah the feral cats mm-hmm. yeah, yeah 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 so there's um there's a trap and release type program that you can do if you're essentially if you're a homeowner because I do think like, I think it's harder for apartment buildings to do it of course but, yeah of course um you set up a little a little place for the cats to chill out in your backyard and it's not it's not much um you don't need to like heat anything like you can put a Rubbermaid bucket type situation and then some straw in there and like they're cool Like
1: oh that's cool <laughs> i want to do that and, yeah
3: i want to do and, that yeah, you feed them yeah you just have to feed them and like they'll just naturally come hang yeah. out and then because they're feral they're just like outside they don't care oh. they love to be outside they want to be outside the
1: thing is like and I, yeah I could, and
3: then they kill the rats around us
1: uh that would be so cool but unfortunately there are like you know 75 tenants in this fucking building and there's no way that you could get like everybody to agree. Yes. We would like cats to hang out. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah, it's mainly you, it's mainly ho- homes. Yeah,
1: like so if you own the home, if you if you own the home, you just have to okay it with yourself and say yes, I'll have cats. Exactly. But we'd have so to bring a have, petition around. We'd have to bring yeah. a petition around the building to get people to sign, it, and that would never happen because I live with a bunch yeah. of idiots in this building. They're a bunch of morons. So we
3: have people. a we have a lot of that. We have a lot of cat. Oh, comments. that's so cool. You'll, like when you're walking around, you'll see a bunch of cats and stuff, oh, and you can see. tell. So they clip their ear they'll clip one ear so you'll see cats
1: uh, with right. just a little nub right. of an
3: ear right. and that means that they're feral but they've been Aww. neutered and spayed and and so that's they an- kind of that's enjoyable
1: that, that's enjoyable <laughs> yeah. i like that i like that And man. i've seen
3: i've seen some i saw a cat once i was walking down the street um dragging a rat yeah. Into a yard. And then it was just having lunch.
1: Hey, didn't you, didn't you, wait a minute. Whoa. Didn't you take a picture and send that to me? Probably. Yeah. Cause I remember, I think you did. I think you sent a picture. Hey, here's what's happening in my neighborhood now. And it was like, a, it was a cat, like chowing down on a rat. Like in a-
3: it was just take it Oh, It was That's lunchtime. Awesome. I was like, all right, man. Cool.
1: Just, right on dude. Right on cat. I like oh. that. I like that idea. Yeah. The feral cat stuff. It's not going to work here. Like I said, I mean, it's a yeah. big building. A lot of tenants. Um, so we, it's, it's up to the city or to like, if our landlord, you know, you know, doesn't get a response from the city, Mm -hmm. you know, um, then he's got to do it he's got to get people to do it. And our, our landlord's good about that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? He takes care of this building. There's no question about it. And in some cases, because, uh, you know, a lot of our dumpsters are actually inside the courtyard. That's not city property. Yeah. That's like our building property. Um, so there's like a weird... You know, there's like a dividing line. There's a line in the sand. It's like if you, if the, if the, if the dumpster is like in this part of the neighborhood, the city's responsible. If not, the mm-hmm. landlord's responsible. And that's all very fuzzy. You know what I mean? It's all very, very fuzzy. Yeah. Like a rat. Hey, hey wait a minute. Hold uh, on a minute. Hold it. Hold on, oh, wait Michael Bolton. Oh, wait. Hold it. That. I, hold on. I I hit Michael Bolton, gentlemen. But... Michael Bolton. Yeah. All right.
3: Have we gotten any more uh, reactions that were touring with Michael Bolton? No,
1: just the. the, the, We got two reactions, by the way, of people who were actually concerned that we were going to (laughs) literally do a road trip and follow Michael Bolton across the country. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh oh. Hi. Hi,
2: I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: So her new show rules Esmeralda. Oh, good. Her new show. It's called The Diplomat. It's on Netflix. Um, I'm, like, halfway through. It's great. And she's great on it. And um, I've been, like, sending out my feelers to the to, to get the Netflix PR people involved. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I can probably, you know, to get her off the back porch. Hi,
2: I'm Carrie <laughs> Russell, and I love Nick's show.
1: And actually have her on the show. because <laughs> get I, her off
2: the back porch. Get yes. her off the back porch.
1: Yeah. To actually have her come in and, and be, like, really interviewed by me. And... Uh, Because, like, the last time I wanted to do it was when Cocaine Bear came out. But then I saw Cocaine Bear and it sucked. And I was like, I don't want to talk to her about Cocaine Bear because it's shit. (laughs) 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 But now this is really good. Like, the Diplomat on Netflix is really good. So, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, Uh man! Yeah! Yeah, Yeah, man! So, uh, uh, the rat rat problem, you know, it's it's actually not been very bad. It's not been bad um, here. Uh, lately um well, good. Does, has it ever been an issue in your neighborhood i mean before the cats i mean you lived in that neighborhood for a while right
3: um not really i mean i've seen rats in the alley but you know yeah <laughs> i'm just like that's your home i don't know i'm yeah. not gonna as long as you come into my home i'm cool hang out in the alleys all you want
1: yeah well, um,
3: I, just, I mean I, I... I saw i saw two rats fighting once in an alley <laughs> It was insane. Really, they were like jumping at each other. <laughs> yeah,
1: like that's please,
3: my. I'm just trying to like pass through, and I'm like, what the hell?
1: That's my <laughs> pizza Rats. crust, asshole. Yeah, pretty
3: like, much. Like yeah. they were just getting, they were brawling.
1: Wow, cool. <laughs> well, I mean, but there was some serious like that that place that I'm talking about, um, the 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 white trash, even trashier version of the the knockoff of Chuck E. Cheese by the Norwich Theater. Mm-hmm. Like the cops were there all, and I and I would mention it to people. And they'd be like, yeah, that place, you don't want to go there. Kids, you know, the the, the, the adults get riled. They, they would like bust tables and shit. And like, I mean, flip that's tables all and- you
3: got in there, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, you get to the point, if you're in there for three hours with a bunch of screaming little jag offs, it's like, man, mm-hmm. I, and maybe you can't get boozed up. Like, you're just going to start throwing fists. You know what I mean? Like, if you can't get boozed.
3: Exactly.
1: Oh. But yeah, the Norwich, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there and that's where I went all the time. But yeah, that the the the, uh, the roller rink was the axle. That's where you oh, would go. And you I'm really
3: sk- sad that nobody is I mean, I guess they're not really moneymakers.
1: Roller rinks? How is no one skating?
3: Yeah, because how is no one thought to re uh, re up and put in a roller rink. Well, I mean, you know, I'm sure that there
1: are some. I know that well, obviously the No, rainbow, they are.
3: They're all in the burbs.
1: Yeah, there used to be I mean, the rainbow was the biggest one in the city. Yeah. Uh, um, but they're
3: all like I'm amazed that nobody has thought like, yeah, let's redo this. We'll make the, it like retro or do whatever, like but nobody has thought when, to do that yet
2: in the when, city. When, out, I in city school, when I was in high school
1: When I was in high school, the axle was the big one, but what they, but it used to be called when I was a kid, when I was a younger kid, it used to be called the hub. Mhm. Before it became the axle. I don't even know why. That, like, <laughs> that's what they call the roller. And you would go <laughs> well, there. Because the I,
3: axle, isn't that like part of the Part of the, 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 skate? the skate,
1: yeah, yeah. And, uh, and I used to roller skate regularly at, in, the, uh, in the St. Andrews gym um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, right on Addison, which was like walking distance from where I went to school. I went to school at Hamilton, which was the public school. Mm-hmm. And the Catholic school was St. Andrews, which was like right down the street. And we were like the bad kids because, you know, the St. Andrews kids were like, you know, they wore uniforms and they were Catholic. And we were the Jagoffs, the poor kids who went to public school, you know. (laughs) And yet all of us would go to St. Andrews is open to the public. You could go to the St. Andrews gym and roller skate on Tuesdays.
3: Interesting. We would would get to roller skate in school. They would do um, like...
1: An after-school thing?
3: Sections. No, no, no. During gym. What? We would have, like... What? Yeah, it would be, like, the section, the roller skating section. So then Get they would bring in roller skates, and we got to skate in the gym. We also the- had, like, country line dancing, the country line dancing section. Yeah, I,
1: I, yeah, I remember that. I mean, that was was that was... I was before that. You know what I mean? Like, I went to school before that. But I remember that happening. But you fucking had roller You could opt to yeah, roller skate? Yeah, every year. Oh, man. Come on. I think...
3: Up until junior high in high school. Oh, man, that's so cool. We might have been in high school. I don't remember. I don't think oh, so. I think it I ended am... in junior high. But, yeah, we got to roller skate. They would bring in. Oh. Yeah, and it would be like a week or two that we would get to do this. So we'd get to roller skate. Wow. That's the only reason I know how to play, um, like, because you would then play games. We would do contests, like shoot the duck.
1: Okay. So what, you know what, what, how
3: to do shoot the duck.
1: No, what is shoot? Which is,
3: so when you, when you sit, so it's, you're skating, you're skating around and then you sit, you crouch down as you're skating and then you put one foot out and then that's called, it's called shoot the duck. And then you just skate around like that. And then whoever, and you know, it's a balance thing. Because okay. I could never do it. I was never able to do shoot the duck. Uh, no, I couldn't it crouch one more down time. low what, enough.
1: Explain it what what what, what So you're skating,
3: now? right? So you're skating okay. around. In a
1: circle. And right. You, like, like yeah. A-
3: you crouch down and then you put one foot out. So then now you're just yeah. kind of you're going. Yeah. But it's I, called I, shoot the duck. That that move is called shoot the duck.
1: Oh, that's what that's called. Because I can do that. I can yeah. do that. No, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I've done that many. But times.
3: then I guess the the aim of the thing was like how long you could sustain in that position oh, going oh, around.
1: Shit, I would win. Not Cause now. You probably just
3: fall over. Yeah, at a certain not, point, if you don't have the balance. Yeah,
1: not now. And I, I could, could do never do it. I can barely walk yeah. now. But but I was a bit. Ba- <laughs> oh, Esmeralda! I was. A, have I have have we ever talked about what a badass roller skater I was? No,
3: I didn't know that.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. I was, like, backwards. I could jump. I did. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh, my I... goodness. No, I had my own skates. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I have didn't... a pair.
3: I have a pair of roller skates. I've only worn them once because there's nowhere to go.
1: <laughs> no, there isn't. And there, I mean, um, I don't know where they're, where they're The last one that I went to was in Vernon Hills. This yeah. Was a Yeah, they're all time in the ago. suburbs.
3: Yeah. They're all in the suburbs. There's one, I think, on the south side. But it's like too far for me to be going. If anybody, to the if south anybody knows,
1: if anybody knows of any roller skating rinks like within the city that, aren't, that are kind of easy to no, get to, maybe there are none. <laughs> there are none. Yeah, but, there are straight, but yeah, no, none. They're all in the. Summer. I used to, I used to roller skate every Tuesday at St. Andrews. I had my own. I started. I became a ro- roller skating freak when I was a kid because of the roller derby. When I was a kid, the roller yeah. derby was huge. And, uh, and I used to watch the roller derby all the time. My fr- and my cousins, my, my cousin Jeff and Kathy, they were big into roller skating, and they lived by the hub. They lived right by the axle. I remember one time it was a Friday night, and, and they were older than me. You know, my cousins were older mm-hmm. than me. And, uh, and I wasn't old enough to get into teen night because I was like 10 or 11. <laughs>
3: oh, okay, yeah. And
1: so I was like 10, and my cousins were going to go because they were older than me. And, um, and so it was like teen night. And I think I was like 11 or something. And, um, they faked, they got me a fake ID, like a birth certificate so I could get in. And I remember my aunt like quizzing me on my, what my birth date was so I could get into the teen night. And I got in, I faked my way in. I got in, uh, with a, with like, not my gift certificate my my gift my birth certificate. And I was a little, little, I like, like, I mean, you know, as well, that I'm a short gentleman as it is. Yeah. And when I was a kid, I was even shorter, and I looked even younger. So when when I was when I was twelve, I looked like I was eight. And uh, but they got me in, and everybody was like, and it was all teenagers. They were all like, you know, like hitting on each other, and it was all teenagers. And the you know, you were just like,
3: I'm just short for my for my size,
1: right? But I could skate like a motherfucker, and they thought I was the coolest because I could go backwards and do one, you know, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Interesting. But, yeah. So
3: apparently there is well, it's not really a skating rink. Okay. There's someone tr- teaching skating on the okay. north side, but it doesn't look like yeah you can't. I mean, it looks like you can go, but it looks like it's like um
1: class thing. You got to join. Yeah, like
3: uh, an organized like you yeah. kind of have to. Yeah, you can't yeah, really yeah. just show up.
1: Right.
2: So the
3: near the the one that would be the nearest is um it's on like 76th.
2: <laughs> That's the closest It's actually one.
3: part of the park district, but it's, yeah, yeah it's like seventy six Well,
1: straight. maybe, maybe they still have, uh, they still have skating at St. Andrews in the gym on Addison. And we should crash it. <laughs> we I doubt just go, that. We should go in. Come <laughs> I on. they have that.
3: I like how you think they still have that maybe they do is that place still know. in existence oh yeah
1: the gym is still there St Andrew's is still there the gym is still they still have bingo that's where they used to have bingo they would have bingo well, on Friday according
3: nights. according to oh no this is somewhere else um
1: but no St Andrew's I doubt gym it still exists St Andrew's gym was is still there and the church and the school are still there and at and, and uh, as far as I know my alma mater my grade school Alexander Hamilton Public school is still there and we would go every tuesday after school to the saint andrews gym and we would roller skate and um and you know they would play like it was at that time like it was big to play you know they would play music and you would dance and disco was big and yeah. stuff and we would dance yeah. and stuff and go backwards and it was like couples only and i would grab a girl and go cuz i could skate backwards and nobody else could and all the guys were jealous all the boys <laughs> were jealous Um, Yeah,
3: those are always just fun. Like couple skate.
1: Yeah, no, I did. I used to go out there all the time. If they did waltz, I would be out there. Foxtrot, fuck yeah, I'm out there because I was a badass on skates. I'm not kidding. I was. Um, And so, I remember everybody would go nuts because they would go and they would do uh, what's the god? Why am I limbo? They would do limbo, and I could oh yeah, I would do. I would go back on my back and be able to do the limbo backwards, like on my skates. I was a badass
3: as well. I'm telling you. Goodness. Yeah.
1: it was ridiculous. I can't walk now, so there's no yeah, way. I was, I
3: could... I was going to say, I would like to see what oh, would no. happen now. No, no I'd
1: die. <laughs> I, would like, I wouldn't even be able to stand up on roller skates now. I mean, I, can't even, I can barely walk down the stairs now without a crutch. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> but no. Yeah, I was, nothing, I was...
3: nothing exists. It makes I, me sad. Yeah. There's plenty of ice skating rinks.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm pretty good on the ice skates too, but, but it's it was, roller skating. I always thought roller skating was more fun than ice skating yeah um but yeah but now nah, i mean nah, we nah. can go
3: down to like there's 76th street and then there's one at 87th street i'm like that's really so fun. we got to go to the, we got to go to the city
1: <laughs> but uh, you know like one of my very good friends lives at 73rd and south shore so that's she's she lives it's there so and, I, I, and i hang out with her <laughs> yeah i don't know
3: how <laughs> long does it take you to get there
1: uh, i take the metro it takes about an hour oh no that so includes far. no but that includes actually it takes less than an hour but that includes the The when I take the when I take the the CTA to Washington downtown, Mm -hmm. so I so like from when I go to when I go to visit her, I take Mm -hmm. the I take the blue line down to Washington and then I walk to you know to the uh, to the southbound uh, metro and then jump on that from Washington downtown. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's where you I
3: mean, they do have I do love that they have um, adult skate. Yeah. For 30 and over.
1: Right. You don't want the little <laughs> bastards around you.
3: Yeah. Oh, it's so good. And I then love but, it.
1: but then a lot of this happens. Ah! That happens.
3: well <laughs> yeah. no, and then this place this place, I guess, um they embrace like the whole that whole style of skating.
1: Like with um, music and and
3: Yeah, like all the just like the really good skating yeah like being able to foxtrot
1: do. doing this foxtrot and do the couples only in the dance yeah and i yeah, was yeah, like yeah, i can't yeah. i can't do any no of that. i was uh, yeah i did all that shit <laughs> i started i got in i seriously because i loved roller derby i love the roller mm. derby and and i got skates um through the roller derby uh you know uh tv show
3: yeah uh, they I do the there. um it's called um it's a, it's a Chicago style. It's called JB
1: skating. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and it's and, cool. But you, then I
3: feel so embarrassed because I'm just like, like trying really hard.
1: And, and those skates that you would, those bullshit skates that you would clip onto the bottom of your shoes, those are bullshit. Oh, no. Yeah, those no. are bullshit. And I remember, like, sometimes if you would go to places to, to rent skates, you mm-hmm. know, because I had my own. But t- sometimes like we would go and you'd have to rent skates. Like, you know, like you go bowling. I had my own shoes when I went bowling, so I did not have to. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> no, I did. I did. I was a classy. I, I, no, I was like, I was a white trash kid, man. There's no question about it. I roller skated wow. and I had a, I had a. I I had two bowling balls and I had roller skates. I'm not kidding. Getting... You had two bowling balls. Hell yeah. What did you need two for? One to pick up spares sometimes if I needed it. If I needed what?
3: it. <laughs> Wait, and you brought them both? Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 yeah. If it was a tough spare, I'd needed, I'd maybe need my my spare ball. I would use.
3: Holy hell. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. I I just I didn't know that was a thing.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I was a I was a I was a very popular with the ladies. <laughs> sure, as you can imagine.
3: <laughs> They're like, oh my God, he has a spare ball. Oh my God, he's using his <laughs> spare ball. Wow! Did you also wear gloves?
1: I did for a little while, but I. Oh my god! No, I did. I had had I had I had the I had a bowling glove. I had my own shoes. I had I had. Man. Brought my own towels. Yeah, yeah. I had my own. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not fucking around. I had two pairs of shoes. I had two balls. I had towels. I had gloves. I didn't. The gloves. Oh my god! The gloves. How old are you
3: at this point?
1: Well, I started bowling when I was like nine. Yeah. But Nine when did ten. you
3: have like all of these, I all started,
1: of these things? Uh, 12, 12. Oh my 12, God. 12. <laughs> into my, uh, into my twenties. I had, you know, like when oh, I bowl I no. into my well, well into my twenties, oh I had, I had two bowling balls. I was on leagues into my twenties. Wow. Yeah. You're yeah, like
3: yeah, big Lebowski bowling. Bowling. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, at one time my, I, uh, you know, I was carrying a 176 average, um, when I bowled on leaks. <laughs> At one point in my early 20s, my average was 176. So, mm. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, are you impressed? What is you the d-
3: most, 200?
1: No, 300 is a perfect game. Oh. Yeah.
3: Wait, and yours only is 176?
1: Yeah, that's a pretty good average, actually, as a well. It is. Okay. No, I trust guess. me. No, it, I mean, it is. It is. Thank you.
3: You know, you got two bowling balls and you own your own shoes. Be a little yeah. higher, one, but oh okay. no, one seventy
1: six was my average. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's. I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it is. I, right. if you can look it up right. if you can look it up. I think I think one seventy six was. I mean, especially if you're like, as I had a one sixty something when I was like twelve or thirteen. My average is like mm-hmm. 160, 160. And I had like when I was in my early twenties, I had like a one seventy six average. Yeah. Um.
3: I mean, I don't really know much of yeah. bowling. I just know I, to, it. I know how to bowl. Again because we had a we had a, a section in gym. Yeah. Where we would bowl. We got right. to bowl like in class. You would bowl like I, they had pins and stuff, but then we got to go to the bowling alley.
1: Yeah. We had a bowling team. A I was not on it in high school oddly. I was not on the bowling team in high wow.
3: school. So you were just casually pro- like almost on a professional level?
1: Not professional level. Yeah, but you had
3: like the fact that you had two pairs of shoes and two bowling balls and yeah. like towels and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and and for a while gloves. But they, I, I found those. I didn't, I didn't like the gloves. A lot of people like them because it steadies your wrist, and you know, a lot of people use them.
3: Now, is this during or after all of the horseback riding?
1: During and after. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> roller skating, horseback riding, and bowling. <laughs> oh my Asmarella. god, you had Ro- quite a- yeah. You had <laughs> roller skating, <laughs> horseback riding, bowling. I'm not kidding. Yeah. I was a yeah, real fucking loser. You had loser.
3: A, a very fulfilled oh, yeah. fulfilled uh hobbies.
1: I didn't. I had no there were no chicks at all, but I had Oh uh, my
3: god. I yeah. No, be. you were a straight nerd, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I bowled. I bowled. I had a I had a 176 average when I was in my 20s, 160 when I was younger. Uh I never bowled a 300, I bowled a 289. That was the and I'm and I Fucking blew the seventh frame. I remember, I'll never forget it. I'll, I blew the seventh frame, and I was so pissed about wow. it. But I never bowled a three hundred. Eric Childress has bowled a three hundred. I he, mean, he, he's still a bowler. You know what his average is, Eric Childress? You know he almost he almost. Does won- he have he al- two pairs of shoes and two bowling oh, balls? Oh shit! Listen, Esmeralda. <laughs> listen, he almost. I'm not kidding. Eric Childress almost went pro. Oh, I'm really? not kidding. Wow. Fuck yeah! His average is 187 right now. His average is a 187. He's on a league can right he now. Spin he spin
3: the can he spin the ball when he throws it and stuff.
1: He Oh yeah. Oh, are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. I never had the I you know, I never had the hook. I was I, I was a you know, right? When you watch um when you watch the
3: games, you'll like they spin it and stuff. Yeah. I think that's No, no, fun. no, no. A lot of a lot of a lot
1: of people have the hook. They can do the they you know, I, I didn't. I had like a kind of a a pretty straight. A pretty I still have a pretty straight throw. You know, I was never mm-hmm. like I didn't do the sweep. I didn't have the the, the wrap around or the, or the or or any of that stuff. But Eric is a fucking amazing bowler. He's an am- wow. I bowled with Eric. He's unbelievable. Yeah, interesting. So, I'd like to bowl on roller skates. That would be something.
3: I would. That would <laughs> on be a horse. really on a horse. Woo! I could do all three. <laughs> oh my god! That poor horse. You'd be kicking it with your
1: skates. I would never do that to a whore. I love. Horses well, no, but you
3: know, because when don't you gotta like. You yeah. do that, and then you, like, knock yeah. it with your foot a little bit. Like, you'd yeah. be hitting them with a skate wheel. Like Yeah. <laughs> that doesn't sound pleasant for the horse.
1: No, I mean, it wouldn't be. I mean, like, well, horses don't want us on their backs anyway. That's that's the thing. You know what I mean? Like right. horses are like. They're yeah, just I mean, like,
3: leave me alone. Yeah,
1: for the most part. <laughs> un- unless, you know what I mean? Unless you get a, you you know, like, you, you, you train the horse, and you know the horse, and you, you're you with the horse. But, like, anytime, right. like, you go horseback riding, these, the horses that are part of, like, because... Seriously, if you ever go horseback riding, and I've told you this, I think, before, Oswald, if you ever go horseback riding, mm-hmm. like, on some trail where the horses are just, like, dope dope dope, following, the, you know, and they've got some asshole from Schaumburg on their back, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's not horseback riding. Like, the horses are, like, miserable. They're like, God damn it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, walking around. You know what I mean? They're walking around some shitty trail with some jag off on their back. And they're like, just get off. You know? I
3: mean... I yeah I no I don't well like I you know I'm scared of horses yeah they scare yeah. me yeah well they're, like there many they're pop- things in Mother Nature yeah one of them is horses and they freak me out because it, yeah they're just too giant they're know, giant they're, ponies they're, are okay yeah. <laughs> I understand. I could take a pony. They I think are, the fact that I couldn't take a horse, like they can fall on you are, and then you're screwed.
1: They are. They are among the most powerful animals in the world. And and yeah. And I will tell you this. And 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 uh, I mean, for people who might not know, I I was an equestrian when I was a kid. I did, you know, I competed. I you know mummy. I jumped horses. I did the whole thing. <laughs> I had the hat and the riding crop. I'm not kidding. I did. Oh, oh my god. Um and I love horses. I fucking love them. And and there is nothing. And I, I and I'm not I'm not kidding, Esmeralda. There's nothing like being on the back of a horse at full gallop. There's nothing Ugh. like it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it is. It's 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 exhilarating and terrifying but amazing. Uh, the feeling when you're on at full sprint and you're on the back of a horse, it's fucking amazing. It's like you'll never it's better than, you know, better than any high you can get. It's unbelievable. Um, and so when I see these miserable horses who have to, you know, like walk around with these idiots on their back, like <laughs> when they really just want to run yeah. their asses off, you know, it's just I don't know. But yeah, and I, I, I would, got into it. No, I, got, I
3: would never. I feel bad. I feel bad for. I do. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'll tell you,
1: and I told people I, but seriously, as well, I totally understand why you would be terrified of horses there. But once you get comfortable with it, because I was scared too, you know, I was a little kid when I started riding horses and, and, but once you get that relationship with the horse and you get to, you know, and you get to understand how to handle a horse, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. Um nah. <laughs> but I can understand but I can totally understand and I know and 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 as you know we've talked about this before you know we talked horror movies and stuff like that you and I both the only scene in that dumbass ring movie uh the ring that scares me is the f- scene where the horse goes nuts on the ferry that's the only scene in the movie yeah. that scares the shit out of me um and I know that scares the shit out of you too, because you have that fear.
3: Yeah, they're frightening animals.
1: Oh, they're but they, yeah. I mean, no, they're not though. But I, but they can be. You know what I mean? And like that's. Well, the yeah, thing.
3: I know they can be like, oh, like all oh, sweet, and then just like, oh no, they see something no. out of the corner of their eye, and they no. freak
1: out on you. Hey, <laughs> I've been thro- I've been thrown dozens of times, Esmeralda. Yeah, I've see, been, no, I've thank been, you. I've been bucked and thrown dozens of times off horses. Nah. And, you know, the first, time, <laughs> the first time you're like, I'm done. And I was like 11 or something or 10 when I got whipped from a horse. I mean, thrown. Ugh, no and, and I'm like, I'm, I'm never going to do it again. And the, the instructors uh, were like, well, you, you know, this is going to happen from time to time. If you're scared, then you, maybe you shouldn't do this. And then um, I was, like, determined to not let it scare me anymore. Um, and then when I'd get thrown, I'd be like, oh, that's just part of the – that's the part of the – I'd been hurt. Like, I've <laughs> been thrown Ugh. on the horse. Yeah, Mm-mm. but it's so good when, I mean, when you're on nah. it and you've, and you've got this horse and you're <laughs> controlling the horse and the horse is cool with it. You know what I mean? Like we, because if the horse is cool with you, like telling him where to go and what to do and when to stop and stuff, if you get yeah. that relationship with the horse, it's amazing. It's, it makes you feel so powerful, you know, like Ugh. I'm in control of this giant animal. It's cool.
3: Yeah. No, <laughs> <laughs> again, well, I'll deal with a pony, like ponies yeah. seem cool.
1: No, or those are like awesome. really yeah. fluffy horses. Yeah, you like the cute little ponies. That's cool. Yeah,
3: yeah. because I could take uh, one. Exactly. You know what I mean. I like, understand.
1: I, I totally understand. Those
3: big horses are taller than I am. No. Oh yeah, no. That's are, why big are... dogs too. Kind of like. Yeah. They. I'm. I'm very cautious around like very big dogs. Right. Just because I'm like, you can get on my shoulders and you're taller than me. Like, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that weirds me out. I don't like things like that. I don't need to be around animals that are bigger than me.
1: <laughs> right. I understand. I no no I, I, that I, totally I know understand. could
3: take my life quickly.
1: And, <laughs> no, you're right. And and again, I think I I equate it with the fact that I started so young.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: With I like I by the time I was 13, I, I could like any horse. If a horse just you know, like I never met the horse before, the, there'd be a point where I would know how to handle it or read the horse.
2: Oh. And, wow. and I
1: remember I remember going. I mean, I wasn't like Robert Redford. I wasn't like a fucking horse whisperer or anything, but yeah. I, can handle, I can handle a horse. But I remember going camping, and we would go to this place called Cuddy's, which was mm-hmm. like a commercial campsite. And we had a little camper, and we would go for the weekend, and it was in Michigan City, Indiana. Um, and, you know, like you could go, and they had a pool and a game room and stuff like that. And we would go like in the late 70s, like when I was like 13 or 14 years old, my parents and I and some other friends would go. And they had horseback riding. And, and... And I would get depressed. Like, my, you know, the people that would go, like my cousins and my friends and stuff, the people that would camp with us, like, hey, let's go horseback riding. And then I went. And and I was so fucking depressed because I was, like, in the middle of, like, a line of horses who were clearly, like, not happy. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. like, just, like, we're going on this dumbass trail around this stupid commercial camping site. You know what I mean? <laughs> And you couldn't veer from the trail, and it was a bullshit. It was, you know, and the horses were like, oh, this is, you know, you could tell, like, all the horses, they would get back to the stables and go, this place fucking sucks. You know what I mean? They would, This place sucks. Yeah, because suck.
3: that's their day in, day out. Yeah. yeah.
1: And they were just uh. miserable. And I, and I couldn't do it. Like, I went one time, I went horseback riding at this camp, at this campsite, and I was like 13 or 14. By that point, I had had, like, four years of horse riding under my belt. Mm-hmm. And and I was like, this is bullshit. You know, and, but everybody else, like, everybody else was like, yay, we're on horses. And they're taking pictures and you know and stuff. And yay, you know. And I was just like, no, this isn't horseback riding. This is bullshit.
3: You were <laughs> you know with saying? the horses. You were like,
2: let's fight yeah. against no, the man. I, no, I
1: seriously <laughs> wanted to take my horse and go. Come on, let's go this way and fucking gallop and go. You know what I, you know yeah. What I mean? Yeah. <laughs> So, but yeah, Be I get free, my you know, buttercup. I know. And I got mocked by you buttercup that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I got mocked by you. I got mocked by Dan, my producer, my, you know, yeah, guru and stuff like that. Cause it's funny. It is ridiculous. <laughs> I know it is, but like, I wouldn't trade it for the world. Honest to God, well, I wouldn't trade it for the world. It was some of the, like me, like I said, being on a horse at full gallop is, you know, there's, there aren't a lot of things that equal the thrill of that. Honestly, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Can you,
3: can you, do you think if you, Go to a stable now. Could you get on a horse and? Yeah, is it like riding a bike?
1: Uh, it is, Esmeralda. It is. I'm not kidding. It is. Like I can read. I can definitely. If I were to go right now, and I haven't been on a mm-hmm. horse in years. I have not been on a horse thirty years, maybe twenty five, yeah. thirty years. Was the last time I'm trying to remember the last time I was on a horse. Thirty years at least. But I could go right now, and it would take me a little while to get used to it, and definitely, you know. But I could, I could feel. If I got on the horse, I could feel. If this was going to be a good rider, a bad rider, if this horse was going to be cooperative or if I shouldn't fuck with him. You know what I mean? Like, I mm-hmm. would I would know. And then once you establish that that relationship with the horse, the power, you know, you have to even out the power between the horse and yourself. Once you do that, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing. Interesting. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what it's like, well. It's like, if you, you know how like people are intimidated by big, maybe imposing people like you're scared of them at mm-hmm. first, but yeah. then you get to know them. And, like, then you, ha- you have them on your side. You know what I mean? Like, if you've got, like, mm-hmm. a big person who can kick ass and you're scared of them, but then you know them and they're not intimidating to you. And yet, if you get into a situation where you need a big badass, you have that badass that can be released. That's yeah. what it's kind of like. That's kind of what it's like. Okay. I had no idea we were going to talk about it. I had no clue we were going to talk about this at all.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's how that works. <laughs> yeah,
1: I guess it is, man. But but and it all started because of roller skating, I guess, because of the roller skating thing. But, yeah, we need to find a place. I would not see not. Oh, no, no, thing. no.
3: It started with Chuck E. Cheese.
1: Sorry, with Chuck E. <laughs> Cheese. That's right, because I'm going to the Norwich and the knock off a Chuck E. Cheese <laughs> clothes, right. But, no, but I'll tell you something right now. Uh, this is weird, as and I'll tell you this right now. Honest to God, mm-hmm. if I were to go to a stable, a stable right now and, like, you know, read the horses and get on one of them, I would be able mm-hmm. to successfully do that now better than I would a pair of roller skates.
3: <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not kidding. <laughs> yeah, and roller skates are just wheels on
1: shoes. Right. And I, I, <laughs> I would be a mess. I would, have a, I would be a mess. Uh, you know, but I will tell you this. If I did actually get on a horse and ride it, uh, I would not be able to walk for three days afterwards.
2: <laughs> at yeah
1: this point, I, would not, I would not be able to, um i would be I the can't. same
3: with roller skates
1: <laughs> uh me too so we're both in that in that but at some point the we last probably...
3: time i play the last time i i got on some roller skates they yeah. were heavy as hell yeah, 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 yeah. uh yeah. and yeah my legs were jelly yeah. afterwards
1: yeah yeah Oh, man. You hit a certain age, and it's all over at that point. I don't know. But. I mean, the last
3: time I, I roller skated, I was 30.
1: Yeah. So well, that's
3: when I remember thinking, I'm like, why are these skates so heavy?
1: Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, I can't damn. remember the last time. The last time I roller skated was a very, very long time ago. Um, But, yeah. Well, anyway. So. Well, uh, that's it. We're out of time, Esmeralda. <laughs> all right. <laughs> we'll, we'll save the magic megaphone for next time, and you got some candy that we're going to taste test. But uh, we spent the whole time talking about Rats. The difference between rats and mice, which I found fascinating.
3: Well, I didn't know that rats were greasy. Yeah. <laughs> they literally have <laughs> grease on them. I was like, oh, all right. disgusting.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it. I just, thought, you just thought
3: they were big. That's yeah. all. But no, and, they are big, literally disgusting.
1: Big and greasy. <laughs> that's what they are. Oh, <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So uh, no, no big plans for the weekend. By the way, uh, Dan Feinberg is on the next episode. Uh, very nice we will be talking about the triumph of my of of this young lady. hi i'm
2: carrie russell and i love nick's show <laughs>
1: uh and that'll be coming up uh the lovely amy guth was my guest today so thanks to her and she will be filling in for you on may 16th yeah at, at our next zany show while you're mm-hmm. in vegas gambling like in vegas
3: you'll be in <laughs> vegas
1: you know you can bet that, bet on the horses while you're there
3: i could do that here
1: <laughs> yeah you could yeah yeah you could <laughs> Maybe you could ride a horse while you're in Vegas. They got you know. Nope. There are stables out there. You should go. You that should go is ride not
3: a... the place. That is All not. Right. If if I were to do that, it would have to be some farm or something. <laughs> okay. All right. We're not going to Vegas and ride horses. I mean, I
1: I actually I'm I'm trying to think if there's a. Uh, I'll I'll think about this when we're when we're off the air. I'll you know I should I should go with you to to meet some horses. Get over oh, your fear. God. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding.
3: <laughs> it's not really a fear. Like yeah. Per se, it's more of... Okay, so it's also like mountains. Like, mountains scare me. I understand. Because they're just these very imposing giant things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
3: things can fall off of them and kill you. So it's kind of like that. It's not like, oh, my God, I can't look at one ever. But I just like, you know what? You're over there. I'm over here. Yeah. Let's keep it that way.
1: Here's the thing. At some point, maybe, seriously, at some point, I would love to take you someplace and, like... Bridge that gap between your fear of horses yeah. and 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 discovering really how fucking amazing they are. You know what I mean. And, and, and then so you go horse
3: whisper some horses.
1: <laughs> and... <laughs> You'll be the Scarlett Johansson and I'll be the Robert Redford. Can you stand
3: on a horse?
1: <laughs> no, 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 no.
3: You can't do those tricks. No, no, You've no. You've seen no, those no. or they're just yeah, no, absolutely on horses, no. Like... No, <laughs> no,
1: fuck yeah, of course I've seen that and I love that shit. But I no, you no, can't no, no, do no, no. That? no. I listen. Okay. I jumped. I jumped the horses. I could do that and and um and and that kind of shit. but i've never done stunt stuff you know what i mean i've never done i've never done <laughs> stunt work on a horse we no. should
3: we should go if somebody somebody knows maybe one of our listeners is a horse i i person.
1: guarantee you i guarantee you that i guarantee you that there are i guarantee you I, that we will get feedback from horse people i guarantee you. we
3: should we should if we should if we go we should film it we should do a little no
1: question thing. about it i would love to I just want you to not be terrified of horses anymore. That's all I saying. I'm
3: not saying. terrified of them. I have right. a fearful respect for them.
1: Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, everybody should. I have a fearful respect of them too as well. And they should because yeah. they're amazing animals. So, all right. We're, 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 we're we'll have to continue this discussion some other time as well. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Horses are awesome. That's all we're saying. Be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Leave your voicemail message at 773-417-6948. Uh, email us, podcast at gmail.com. If you're a horse, uh, gallop over. Uh, my thanks to Jason Skaggs. My thanks to Ed, everybody at Radio Misfits. Rate and review us on every platform. Next time we talk, it'll be Dan Feinberg will be our guest, and Esmeralda will be here, too. Uh, all right, Esmeralda, have a great, have a great weekend you too alright and we'll see you next time here on the uh, Nick D podcast the
2: wind is right on-